your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day. Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It is 7.01. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Good morning, Michelle Smallman. You're already laughing. Good morning, Randy Carriker. How can I not laugh when you play the Hump Day sounder to open the show? What a great Wednesday. And I'm just smiling ear to ear because I love this Cardinals team. This is a really fun team, and when I, we're going to talk about this, but when you have a win like you had last night, I don't know how you don't wake up smiling today in St. Louis. And you have to stick around because you never know what's going to happen towards the end. You don't want to be the person that falls asleep in the eighth with the game 1-1. The Cardinals were tied 1-1 after the eighth last night. Bottom of the sixth, Travis Shaw ground rule double to make it one nothing Brewers. The Cardinals come back in the top of the eighth inning. Dylan Carlson with a sack fly. We're 1-1 going into the tenth. Runner on at second. Nobody scores. We're one one going into the 11th the Cardinals put a runner on and I said to my son Patrick I said uh, against Brad Boxberger I said you know I think Goldie's gonna get some launch angle here and lo and behold first pitch is hammered out to deep left it's at the wall gone two-run blast for Goldie 3-1 St. Louis Danny Mack on Bally Sports Midwest and lo and behold Little launch angle and a two-run homer. So Brad has called a home run. Dan and Jimmy have. You're calling it from your home. I'm telling you, we need to get some lottery tickets. We do. We need to get some lottery tickets, but I'm with you. When the Cardinals went to extras, I just had a feeling that they were going to win that game. And how fun is it to feel like your team, the team that you're cheering for or watching night in and night out, has a chance all the time? And how depressing must it be to be a Brewers fan sitting in the stands knowing that the Cardinals are going to send up Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel great if I was a Brewers fan in that scenario. And oh, by the way, the Cardinals did put Arenado and Kisner on base, and that brought Tyler O'Neill to the plate in the 11th. And that is hammered into center at the wall. It is gone. Tyler O'Neill, three-run blast. 6-1, that was the final. Alex Reyes continues his fine pitching for the Cardinals. He gives them two innings through 28 pitches. He did walk three, made it exciting, but he struck out five, and he was able to preserve a really good, solid starting outing from KK. 
six sliders in a row. Six sliders He's in a row. He's Sergio Romo. I tweeted that he loves the electric slider. Oh. And then I was like, I'm turning into Randy Carriker with <laughs> yes, these jokes. I'm turning into Randy, and I'm happy about it. But what a game. What Everyone contributed. You had the great base running in the eighth. The outfield defense was awesome. You had talked about this a lot in Harrison Bader's absence. But the, the outfield is so different really when he is. is out there in center field. You had a great play from Dylan Carlson as well. Paul DeYoung had an amazing defensive play earlier in the game. You had Yachty picking guys off. Alex Reyes comes in. He's electric again. And then, of course, you have the power from Goldie and Tyler O'Neill. You just had a little bit of everything in that game last night. Now, last night, Gallegos threw 27 pitches. Reyes threw 28. Those two probably are off the table tonight in terms of people that Mike Schilt will want to bring in Helsley through 13, Whitley through 14. So you might have those guys for an inning, but we'll see Cabrera. And if John Gant, as he typically does, goes only five, this could be a night where we see people like Jake Woodford and Seth Elledge put in situations that are high leverage, where we really haven't seen them in important games. It's in Milwaukee. It's an important game. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see the Cardinals bullpen depth tested i'm sure tonight and tomorrow yeah it's going to tell us a lot about the depth of the depth of this bullpen and what some of these guys can do but i'm i'm intrigued to see it i really am john gant tonight for the cardinals and by the way he goes against brandon woodruff woodruff is two and one with a 1.73 he's already struck out 51 and then tomorrow corbin burns Uh. returns to the rotation for the brewers so the cardinals will see their big guns so it was good that they were able to pull out that win last night knowing what's ahead yeah and then a trip to San Diego, where they will not see Fernando Tatis Jr. I was just going to say, I, I wonder how that situation is going to develop when you have guys testing positive for COVID there. I, I Just based on what we've dealt with in St. Louis, we know that the first positive test tends to yield more, and it's never really a one person has mm-hmm. it or X amount of people have, have it. There's a ripple effect. So I wonder if this weekend is going to be impacted at all by yeah. that news. It'll be really interesting as they go through a week of testing to see what happens. And oh, by the way, one of the things about the vaccination, and we should note that the Cardinals are going to have a vaccination event, is that you can still contract COVID. It's an insidious disease, but what the vaccination does is prevents you, if you do contract it, from having severe symptoms of having to be hospitalized and avoiding death. It really does turn COVID into a less serious disease. Not that it's not serious, but it's less serious and will not send you to the hospital. And Michelle, today the Cardinals will start a vaccination event down at the ballpark. Want some free Cardinal tickets? Head on down to the ballpark, get vaccinated. It seems like something that if you haven't gotten your vaccine already would certainly be a win-win for you to be able to get it and to get the Cardinals tickets. But I think this is wonderful that the Cardinals are doing this and they're making it accessible to so many people. And it's going to be happening today through Friday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Looking forward to that. Actually, today, 9 to 4. 9 to 4. And then tomorrow, 9 9 to 4. And then Friday, 9 to 1. And each individual who receives a vaccine at the event gets a voucher good for two free tickets to a 2021 Cardinal game. And the Cardinals also announced that they are going to increase capacity at the ballpark. They're going to about double capacity. So our capacity has been about 14,000. So it'll be about half the stadium. That's going to be very fun. It's going to be loud. And it's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to talk to Bill DeWitt, uh, the Cardinals president, Bill DeWitt III, coming up later in the show at 9 o'clock. The Blues are back in action. Their final two regular season games, both at home. They'll play the Wild tonight, 7 o'clock with the pregame with Alex Ferrario. 8 o'clock, a late 
puck drop over at Enterprise Center. And I have to believe, based on who we've talked to, that there will not be much emotion in these games as there wasn't against the Kings the other night. No, just have everybody that's playing get out healthy. That's the only thing that I'm looking for. Win or lost, inconsequential. Just make sure that everyone is healthy. And what I'm hearing around here as we are the radio home of your St. Louis Blues. Yes. Speculation is that the playoffs for the Blues will start on Sunday night. So we'll have Saturday off, and the, the East will be able to start on Saturday. And then Sunday night, we will have, apparently, the first game of the playoffs. Well, here we go. Can't wait to see who their opponent is. I was hoping it would be a Monday night start, just a fun way to start the week, something to look forward to. I know, it would have been great. On a Monday, but Sunday, Monday, whatever. Looking, It's blues hockey. or Blues yep. playoff hockey. We're looking forward to it. Michelle, Oakland A's fans are feeling a lot like we did for about mm. five years once Stan Kroenke took control of the St. Louis Rams, who became the L.A. Rams. Yesterday, the A's and Major League Baseball put the onus on Oakland to approve a proposal by the A's. The A's would finance a billion dollar ballpark on the waterfront in Oakland. They're requesting $855 million in infrastructure payments from taxpayer paid infrastructure from Oakland and they want the Oakland City Council to vote before July. If they don't, MLB has given the A's approval to explore other markets. When I got that push notification on my phone yesterday, even just reading the headline was triggering for me (laughs) because not only do we know what it's like to lose a team, Oakland just lost a team. They just lost the Raiders to Vegas. So to think that... And the Warriors. And the Warriors, correct, across the bay. That's right. So they've lost two teams, technically. And to think that they've been trying to get this done since 2006. And if you're an A's fan, this has been hanging over you for a long time. And now Major League Baseball has given them the green light to go. It doesn't seem like if they have come to a resolution already or that they're at least close to one that it's going to happen. And Oakland could never get a stadium proposal put together for the Raiders. Unlike St. Louis, where Dave Peacock and Bob Blitz did an amazing job in a year of having an actionable stadium plan for the Rams, Oakland has dragged their feet at every turn. The Warriors asked for upgrades to to their building and then ultimately a new building. They got one right on the waterfront in San Francisco. The A's spent years. Mark Davis desperately wanted to stay at Oakland, but there was never a proposal. Now the A's have put a proposal on the table where they say, okay, here's what you have to spend. Private industry is going to essentially finance a $12 billion upgrade to this area called the Howard Terminal on the waterfront in Oakland, including the billion-dollar stadium. And the the government, the, the city council and the mayor appear to be kind of lukewarm because they're saying, well, it's happening too fast. Well, 2006. That doesn't seem fast to us. Um, And I think they're in a difficult spot because we're on the tail end of a pandemic. And I think it's really hard for a lot of businesses or people to be able to look at a proposal like that and the money involved when so many other issues are going on and feel great about it, even though it is something that would completely revitalize a certain area of of the waterfront, as you mentioned, and be a money generator. But I I think sometimes, as we saw with the soccer team trying to get the MLS here, sometimes that's not the way that people read it. And maybe the political climate right now coming out of a pandemic isn't it's maybe doesn't work in their favor. I don't know. And it's been a long time since the age even with good teams, have drawn really well. 
So maybe Libby Schaff, their mayor and their city council, don't look at St. Louis as a comp, but maybe they look at Miami as a comp and say, well, what good is it going to do us? Because people aren't going to go to that part of town. I don't know if they will or not. But a government is going to say we aren't going to get our money out of it if we invest $855 million in infrastructure for a stadium that they're building. Gosh, I hope they get it done. That I do would too. that would be awful for them to lose yeah. yet another team. And there are a ton of cities being talked about. The five right off the top are Vegas, mm-hmm. Nashville, Portland, Charlotte, and Montreal. Those are the five off the top, but people are talking about the possibility of Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. There are towns out there that are in pursuit of professional sports franchises. Can you imagine if your city lost not one but two teams to Vegas. Yeah, that would be bad. That, that would, would be, be really brutal. Bad. Yeah, so at least when we've lost teams, we've we've lost the the Browns to Baltimore. We lost the Cardinals to Phoenix. We lost the Rams to L.A. At, at least we've got them spread all over the country, right? Yeah. That all of a sudden, then it's Michael Jordan. Now you take it personal. Oh, and the Hawks to Atlanta. Oh yeah. Gosh, we've lost so many teams. We have. We're pretty good at that. Do you think, is St. Louis the city that has lost the most teams? I don't believe so. The, There's been a lot of movement, obviously. Uh, over. Because L.A. has lost both the Rams and the Raiders in the past. I don't know if any other teams. We'll have to think about that as we go along. New York lost both the Giants and the, uh, and the Dodgers mm-hmm. in the past. I think we could probably find a team, that's, a city that's lost four. We're in the conversation. Oh, we're in the photo. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. What a bummer. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 or leave a Rhino Shield mic drop. We've got Ask Uncle Randy coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A couple of things for you. Number one, if you have an idea for a city for the Oakland A's, just send us a uh, Rhino Shield mic drop with your 101 ESPN app. Next segment, we're going to ask you, with the A's potentially moving, which city would you like to get see get an MLB team? Maybe Nashville, maybe Austin. So you can use the mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app. And also, Michelle. Yes. Can I kick off Dear Uncle Randy or Ask Uncle Randy with a question of my own? You can. I'm very stressed about something. Okay. So... KJZ, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the show that precedes us on ESPN Radio, is doing a really fun thing this week. They are doing something called Market Madness, where they have a representative from a lot of big ESPN sports markets come on, and they list the top three stars in their city. They're going to take those answers, and they're going to put it to a bracket, and people are going to get to vote on it nationwide. Well, I am the St. Louis representative. I'm going to go on the show tomorrow, and I'm going to list the top three sports stars here in St. Louis. And this is not something that I take lightly, representing our city. I need to make sure I do a good job, right? And it's difficult for me to determine the top three stars in St. Louis. I think Yadier Molina is written in Sharpie. Nolan Arenado seems like an easy pick. Mm But how do I leave Adam Wainwright off of that list? How do I leave Ryan O'Reilly off the top three stars list? He was the one of the most important pieces of the puzzle that allowed you to finally win the Stanley Cup. He's won- the captain of the Blues. He won the Selkie. Yeah, I, and won the Conn Smythe. He won the Conn Smythe. I just, I don't know 
who to choose. It seems like either way, I'm going to leave out someone that's really important, and I don't want to do that. So I'm stressed out on who to choose. So we need to hear your reasoning, not just your choice, but your reasoning. And the way to look at this is these three people, the top three people, show up at the best restaurant in town. It is packed. It is Valentine's Day, and they don't have a reservation, and there's one table. So these three guys are all there. Actually, four guys are there. There are three four, three tables available. Okay? You think those four are the top four, right? I do, yeah. Okay, more so, than Vladdy or, or Bennington, even though those guys, I'm sure, are not yeah. waiting in line at a restaurant. Yes. I just imagine that those are the top four. Right, so... The, the top three guys that can go to a restaurant, last table available, their face shows up and the maitre d' says, oh, let me escort you back. That's what we want to hear from you. So let us know who you would put in your top three stars because I need to make sure that, that we have the right three representing St. Louis. And as you are aware... I've been around, you know! So it's time for Ask Uncle Randy. From the 636, Dear Uncle Randy, I work remotely and my wife, as this reloads, hang on one second... My wife doesn't, but she hates her job. She wants to look at jobs in Kansas City, Memphis, and Nashville. I have no desire to move. How do I stand my ground and make sure that we don't move? All right. I I think a lot of this, she obviously is not from all of those cities. So it's Kansas City, Memphis, and what was the other one? Kansas City, uh, Memphis, and Nashville. Okay. Uh, You have to tell her that if she's going to have a job, where she's not working remotely, she cannot go to Nashville. Because last time I drove through Nashville at like 1.30 in the afternoon, it was a parking lot. Yeah. Traffic in Nashville is horrific, horrendous, terrible. You And there's a lot of Blackhawks fans that live there. Oh. You don't want to go to Nashville, all right? It, it's the price of, the cost of living there skyrocketing. Yeah. All due respect to Memphis. Mud Island is great. They've got some great barbecue down there. Rendezvous barbecue is great. You've got the Cardinals AAA team. But it is the Cardinals AAA team. Here you have the Cardinals Major League team. And Kansas City, hey, you're listening to this show, okay? Yeah. Mike Matheny is the manager of the Royals. Okay, just put those two together. You're listening to this show, and Mike Matheny is the manager of the Royals. You, as somebody who works remotely but is in St. Louis, you don't want to go to Kauffman Stadium. You want to go to Bush Stadium. Correct. So the way that you have to couch this is, honey, this is going to have to come down to sports and quality of life. And as we traverse our life, and I don't know how old you are, but if you have kids, St. Louis is going to be the place to be because you don't have to deal with traffic. You've got Obviously, the great museums, the great zoo, the the sports. All due respect, I love all of those cities, Mm -hmm. all of those cities for a weekend. But if you have to live 365 days a year at one of those four cities, you're taking St. Louis. Definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah, just, just lay it out that way. Yeah. That's great, Randy. And Nashville is, I think Nashville is very cool for a weekend. But... Everybody I've talked to that has moved down there talks about the horrific traffic. It's worse than Dallas or Phoenix at its peak. Just show her a bunch of pictures of all the bachelorette parties that yeah. that crawl throughout Nashville yeah. all the time. And, and the issue is so many people have moved down there, specifically from Chicago, they haven't had time to fix the infrastructure, to, to build up the infrastructure, and it's going to take a long time. From the 314. 
Uncle Randy, I'm planning on proposing to my girlfriend when we were in Florida in a couple weeks. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. What are your thoughts on the whole asking for the blessing from the parents deal? I get along with her parents really well, but they live an hour away and my girlfriend works from home, so I'm not sure how to ask if I decide to ask for the blessing. Thank you, Randy. I am I, I don't think it's a necessity. I think it's a respect issue. And I would get in touch with her father. Just call him. And he, I, he doesn't expect you to drive an hour to be in person and ask for his blessing. But just give him a call and say, hey, I'm planning on asking your daughter to marry me. And obviously, since you do get along, he's going to say, that's cool, fine. <laughs> so just make the phone call so that he knows. And more importantly, her mom knows so he can tell the mom so that they can be really excited. I, I think it's respectful. If you get along with them, it's it's just fine. So making the phone call is not an issue at all. Yeah, and I know you mentioned your girlfriend works from home. Go to the grocery store, air quotes. Yeah. Go out. And you have no excuse to not get in touch with him. And the world we right. live in today, you don't have to ask him in person. You can FaceTime him. You can call him. You can set up a – you can even text him and set up a time to FaceTime right. with both parents. But – I just I know a lot of my girlfriends would have been upset if their now husbands didn't ask their parents for hmm. permission. So maybe think about your future fiance and how she would feel if, if you didn't ask them. Yeah. Good that call. has to be nerve wracking, though, to ask. I mean, I, I imagine one day someone might come to you and ask for your daughter's hand in marriage and yep. they might be nervous. They might be nervous, but they're going to know by then that I'm a good guy and it's a- it's, uh, I'm going to say, I, uh, they know that I'll say yes. Any any boyfriend of Katie will know that I'm going to say yes. Because if he's still around, I'm going to approve of him. It's <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. And I imagine he, if he knows you well, he'll take you out to play golf. You right. guys will have a great day. Yeah. Just, you know, make it comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I'll say, yeah, yeah, cool. Go ahead. Go for it. What does a guy do if they ask the father for permission and the dad says no? What would you do? I think the way you have to couch it, the the way to present yourself, and I never had to do this because Joan's dad died when she was three. So I have never had to encounter this, but I would say I'm planning on marrying your daughter, and he knows what you're asking. I'm planning on asking your daughter to marry me. So use it as a statement rather than a question. I'm doing this regardless yeah. of your response yeah. and to then, it. And then the, 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 the father can take it as a question and say, oh, I approve. That's a good play. Yeah. If he says, <laughs> if he says, no, you're not planning on doing that. <laughs> yikes. Uh, from the 636, ask Uncle Randy. Hey, Uncle Randy, a girl and I have had a crush on each other for a while. She ended up moving to L.A. We've been back and forth trying to make the relationship work, but it never really happened. What do I do? If you're staying here and she's staying in L.A., unfortunately, it's an impossibility. So I would suggest that if you can keep it going, four and a half hour flight, friends with benefits. <laughs> it's an expensive trip. Yeah, but still, it might be worth it. You both like each other. <laughs> That's chem- not chem- you were going to go Chemistry with is there. Take advantage of it while it lasts. It is fun, too, if you have someone out of town that you like to see. It yeah. it builds excitement, right? You're yeah, looking forward to seeing yeah, them. You're going out to L.A., get to see a Dodger game, maybe go to Staples Center or something like that. <laughs> go to uh, the new the new setup over by the airport in Inglewood. Walk around in the, that 
beautiful facility. Or go to the one, what's the one where uh, Staples Center is down, uh, in L.A.? L.A. Live. L.A. LA Live, Live is cool, yeah. yeah. L.A. Live so, is cool. Yeah, so, yeah, you can, you guys can still hang. Just. Have fun. Not consistently. It, in, hey, realistically speaking, long distance relationships just don't work. They're the pits. Yeah, unless you're married and then obviously at some point you're planning on getting together. But if you're just crushing, go crush it. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know how to recover from that. From the 573, last one, Uncle Randy, how do I get rid of a girlfriend that refuses to leave? Oh, my. (laughs) All right. And, and she knows you, so you you have to be yourself. But what you have to do is become your real self. And Michelle, I think that you can help me weigh in here. Okay. But I, I would say that if your real self entails dirty, unfashionable clothes and being uncouth at times, if you reveal your real self and it's not the the shiny, polite you... I think that's the best way to get her to go away. And it might take some time. Now, the other thing that you can do is, is, and maybe this is the best play, just rip the Band-Aid off and say, hey, I can't do this anymore. It's not you, it's me, but we have to break up. It sounds like that person might have already done it, though. Yeah, if she won't go away. If they're cohabitating and she won't leave. You just need to take matters into your own own hands. I don't know if you own the home or if it's a, a tricky yeah. Break up financially, but if not, you move out. If she won't leave, you move out. Yeah, if she won't go away, that's a real problem. Because we've seen this before. There was a movie about it. What was the movie? Uh, it was with Glenn Close and uh, Michael Douglas. It oh, was Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Yeah, Bunny she, in the she, pot. She wouldn't go away. Yeah, oh God, right. That's right. You don't want that. You don't want to get her that mad so that she's boiling bunnies. No, <laughs> spare the rabbits of St. Louis. Um, you know what? To your point, maybe if this person starts doing a bunch of things that he thinks mm-hmm. will turn her off or annoy her. Also, if you say we're breaking up and she says, I'm not going anywhere, you should live your life like you've already broken up. You're like, fine, you can crash here, but I'm going to be dating. And yeah. that's the deal. So you can decide what you want to do, but I'm moving on in every other aspect of my life. If you're going to squat here, that's your choice, but... That's the only interaction we're going to have. And one other point, whether you're going to a hockey game or a baseball game or going out to have a few beers with the guys, whenever you're walking out the door and she asks you where you're going, you say, got a date every Mm. single time. Or even worse, say, don't worry about it. Ooh, that hurts. You're not my girlfriend anymore. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Michelle, you just win the Uncle Randy prize. (laughs) You win the Uncle Randy prize of the morning. Don't worry about it. That will drive her nuts. And block her on Instagram or all your socials so she can't stop. Then she knows it's official, right? Then she definitely knows. (laughs) Uh, By the way, we get a text from 314. Fatal Attraction was about an affair. That was his fault. Right, but she wouldn't go away. He couldn't rid himself of her. She still boiled a bunny in a pot. Yeah, she did. And did other bad things. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was scary. <laughs> you, you telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. You got it. Coming up with the Ace potentially moving, what city would you like to see get an MLB team? We'll give you some of our ideas. We want to hear from you next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> 
Oakland A's are going to explore relocation, and there are a lot of cities that are possibilities, and we'd like to know which potential city would you most like to see get an MLB team? And Michelle, from our standpoint, I think it's pretty easy. We in, in St. Louis, we'd love to see Nashville get a team, right, so that we can go spend more weekends in Nashville. I'm actually not going to pick Nashville. Hmm. You know, I I like Nashville, but every time I go there, it's a different city, and every time I go there, I like it a little less. Really, it's so crowded. It's uh, it's so many bachelorette parties everywhere. I've I've been to a few Predators games, which are always an awesome time. But to your point, it's it's more expensive every time I go. The traffic is worse every time I go. It's more expensive every time I go, and. Even though it would be in close proximity to St. Louis, so it would be fun, I'm not going to pick Nashville. There are three cities that make the most sense for baseball, and actually four if you include Oakland. But they are Vancouver, Portland, and Vegas because it's going to be really hard to realign and keep teams in that western time zone. If you move to Nashville or Charlotte or Montreal again, there isn't a logical team to move out into the American League West mm-hmm. that it is currently playing. So I, if I'm baseball, I'm looking at staying in the Pacific time zone if I can. And that's why Portland is my pick for everything that you just mentioned. Plus, Oregon has a great baseball history there. There's people in Oregon love baseball and Portland is such a cool city. I have a lot of friends actually Mm -hmm. that have moved from California to Portland and they love it there. And it would be awesome, I think, to have a baseball team in Portland. Let's get a mic drop from Brendan here on 101 ESPN. Randy, Michelle, so let's say hypothetically the athletics do make it to Vegas. Would they have to have a stadium that is indoors because imagine being a fan of the could be Vegas athletics and sitting in the stands in July when it's, you know, extremely hot outside. What, what, what would they have to do with that? I don't even know if having a retractable roof makes sense. You'd at the very least have to have a retractable roof, but maybe you don't, but maybe if, if you have, because it does cool off at night pretty well there. Perhaps you can go retractable and open it up at night. But he makes a great point. You can't. There's no way you can have just an outdoor stadium. That's yeah. why the Rangers just had to open a new ballpark because that they had that outdoor ballpark in Fort Worth and or in Arlington, and people just can't survive sitting in that kind of heat. I just keep thinking about what you mentioned. Um, I believe someone told Rob Manfred about how the future of baseball is going to be so interconnected with gambling. Mm-hmm. And now that gambling is getting legalized in most places, it just seems like putting more professional sports franchises in Las Vegas when sports is embracing gambling the way that it is feels like a no-brainer. What about text 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line? From the 314, the A's should move to New Orleans, realign the division, stick them in the National League Central. Watching Cardinals baseball in New Orleans sounds like a dream come true. That would be awesome. I don't believe that the New Orleans market has the corporate support or the population to be able to handle 81 home games. That would be my only concern if I were baseball in moving into a market like that. But how fun would that be? Oh, it would be great. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of Cardinal fans have wind up in New Orleans for Cardinal weekends. I think we would uh, plan a weekend ourselves. Mm -hmm. From the 618, the top pick should be Louisville. Great city with deep baseball history and bourbon at every corner. Louisville is a great baseball town. I wonder, though, if the Reds 
might be concerned about that infringing on their market area. The Giants are concerned about San Jose. That's the, the logical, the best place for the A's to go, if it's not Oakland, is San Jose. But the Giants own Santa Clara County, where San Jose is. They own the market, and they say, no way. We aren't allowing the A's to move there, even though it's further away from the Giants than Oakland is. Oakland's only eight miles away, and San Jose is like 45 minutes. Yeah. But the Giants, for whatever reason, won't allow the A's to move there because they have the ultimate decision because they own that market area right now. That's frustrating if you're the A's, I'm sure. And it would be like somebody, like the A's trying to move, I guess, to Wentzville from downtown St. Louis, 45-minute drive. It would be similar to that, and the Cardinals would say no to that as well. The Wentzville A's. I like the idea. It's got a ring to it. How about just bring the A's here and have them play in the Dome? That's intriguing. If any mid-market team or mid-market city in America would support two baseball teams. It's going to be this St. Louis. This is the one. This is it. Yeah. How about having both Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado in your town playing third base? Be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. From the 314, Vegas because of gambling. Plus, they'll spend money to compete with the Yankees and other big markets. And I do believe that the advantage that Vegas would have is similar to the advantage they have in the NHL and will have in the NFL is that people will travel to Vegas during summer months to go to games there. If the Yankees are playing in Vegas, people will fly from New York. Hopefully we'll get back to a reasonable level of normal and people will fly from New York or St. Louis or Chicago to watch those games and, and increase their attendance. What about, this is from the 618, what about Salt Lake City? Oh, that'd be an interesting one. Again, I wonder if they're capable of handling 81 home games during the summer. It's one thing to do 41 games when you're the only team in town and be one of the smallest markets in all of pro sports. But it's another thing altogether to do it from the standpoint of having to fill 81 home games up. They would have to build it regionally, kind of like the Cardinals are, and have to build a regional fan base rather than just in the Salt Lake City area. They'll have to get the entire state. That's true. From the 260, Nashville for sure. It's going to be great watching the Blues and the Cardinals in Nashville. Imagine summers there. It would be it would be crazy. It, it, like you said, it would be really crowded. I think it would be fun, though. I, I would enjoy it. It would be fun. It would be really fun. I don't know if I'd do it every time, though. No. It would be great, too, to have Nashville A's fans coming to St. Louis. Yes, it would. I just I think your point is well taken, though. I believe you have to stay west of the Rockies. I don't think that you can do this because there are no other teams You've already got the two Texas teams playing in the Pacific time zone, and that's not palatable, I don't think, for them. No. And you look at our central division, Cards, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, nobody wants to go west from there. You don't want to keep a team, you don't want to start a franchise in a new market like Nashville, playing in the central time zone, and have them play as many games as they would have to play out west. Mm -hmm. You'd play nine games in Seattle, nine games in Anaheim. Well, I guess it would be 18 games with some being day games. But still, I think that's just a little bit overboard. I, I I like the idea of the teams playing in the same time zone. I do too. One more, Randy. From the 314, Vegas would be the best option for baseball to get their product out there. They need something like this or the sport is going to slowly dwindle away. It's already dealing with that problem. One thing about Vegas, though, they just spent 
a lot of money on that football stadium for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The A's don't have the the cash, like Mark Davis didn't, to build their own stadium in Vegas like they would in Oakland. Because it's expensive to build in Vegas. I wonder if Vegas's government would want to build another new building like they did already for the Golden Knights and the Raiders. I guess it would... Yeah, depend how much money they would get from they ownership. They do make a lot from gambling. They do, So they've yeah. got a lot. DraftKings Stadium, That's FanDuel Stadium. Oh, FanDuel Stadium. Promo code SMALLS. Yeah, now you're thinking. Same Good game idea. parlay action. Is that what you want to do? Couldn't you imagine, though? That would be such a smart play. Yes, it would. FanDuel Stadium. You walk in, you open up your app, oh, you settle into brilliant. your seat, you, you place your bets on that same game parlay. Get that same game parlay insurance, too, by the way. But before the game starts, it would be awesome. Now you're thinking. Thanks for your mic drops. Thanks for your text. We do appreciate it. Coming up, Take It or Leave It is coming your way. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. And we have Tioli with Randy and Michelle on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> All right, we want your text, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Michelle, the Flash, apparently official. We've heard, we have heard that Tristan Thompson is cheating with IG model Sidney Chase. Tristan, of course, attached at the moment to Khloe Kardashian. Apparently, they're together, too. Okay. So Tristan has called Sidney a liar. Okay, okay. You don't do that without you don't do that without Sydney hiring Gloria Allred to be her attorney. You knew that was gonna happen. Gloria Allred tells page six, our client Sydney Chase is outraged at what she regards as false statements that have been made about her in the media by Tristan Thompson's representatives. She adds, Mr. Thompson's representatives have challenged her to reveal evidence of their relationship. We would be willing to share evidence that Sydney has given us, provided, provided that Mr. Thompson will make himself available in person to answer my questions and provide us with documents that we request. Take it or leave it. The fact that Gloria is asking Tristan Thompson to show up leads you to believe that he's right. That he's right? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and leave that. I think he is doing everything he can to save face in this situation. And I don't think he thought that Miss Sydney Chase would go this far. No, she's making it a story. And this would have cleared the news cycle by now if he would have just let a sleeping dog lie, as it were. But he he's claiming that he didn't do it, Randy. He's trying to save his relationship with Chloe. Which I don't know why. Come on, let's just move on. <laughs> you think it's over? Yeah, you I do. You think it's expired? Yeah, I've... Chloe's going with A-Rod. Chloe's not going with A-Rod. Oh, come on. So she can go, do you not remember the last time A-Rod was in the headlines with a relationship? Do I need to remind you? Southern Charm stars and Fidelity allegedly with J-Lo. Do you think she really wants to go from Tristan Thompson to A-Rod? She'll be all over that. Didn't she have Lamar Odom too? Was that Chloe? That was Chloe. Okay, yeah, she's A-Rod's right up her alley. No, she wouldn't do that to J-Lo either. Oh, she might. Is it J-Lo? J-Lo's dating somebody else. She's moved on. She's it took with, her a day. She's with Ben in Montana. No, did you see the latest, Randy? What? Apparently, Ben has been emailing J-Lo love letters since early February. There you go. So, so J-Lo's the cheater here. No, no, no. I think the stuff with A-Rod was already going down. Okay. It just might not have been public yet. I love how into this you are. By the way, do you think Tristan 
I think he might have an issue where he lies a lot. I think he Maybe. might be a pathological cheats, liar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So do you think that when Sydney made her story public and Tristan went to Chloe and said, I didn't do this. There's no way. I will defend myself to the end of the earth. I didn't do this. That now he didn't. He is in quite the pickle. I don't know if he yeah. realized how big of a deal this would become. Yeah, now there's a lawyer involved, so it is a big deal. But if he didn't do it, that is really sad that someone would make that up about him. But why would you make it up about Tristan Thompson? Because now we all know Sydney Chase's name and she's in the news. But we all knew her from the IG. I didn't know her from IG. You may have known her from oh, okay. IG. I she didn't might either. be on your on your feed. She wasn't on mine. <laughs> she, she really wasn't. But now okay. we know who she is. So actually, she still isn't. On your feed? Yeah. You didn't give her the follow? You talk about her a lot to not give her the follow. I just know where to find stuff about her. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Randy. So, Sean Culkin, you might have remembered him. He was with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a tight end. He made a little I bit thought of... you were talking about the star from Home Alone. No, that's Macaulay. Oh, okay. That's Macaulay. And not his other brother, Kiernan, who's in succession. Great gotcha. Show. Okay. Right. No, the other Culkin. The <laughs> other Culkin. The little known Culkin. <laughs> Chiefs tight end, Sean. Um... Last month, he made some news when he said he wanted to be the first NFL player ever to convert his entire salary to Bitcoin. Well, the Chiefs have cut him. They have (laughs) cut him. So take it or leave it. Aaron Rodgers has sent a request to Green Bay to make sure that his entire contract is paid in Bitcoin. (laughs) Take it. There's no doubt. That'll get things moving as far as getting him out of there. I don't know what the deal is. Why not pay the guy in Bitcoin? Well, to be fair, I don't think the Bitcoin had anything to do with it. They added Blake Bell in free agency, and they drafted that tight end um, Noah Gray out of Duke in the fifth round. So I think maybe he just became expendable. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at any possible thing to get me out of this. Might as well try it. Pay me in all pennies. Pay me in Bitcoin. Yeah. Make it difficult for Green Bay if you really want out. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the way to do it. Put that in the contract request. I want to be the highest paid player in all of football and I want it in Bitcoin. By the way, Mizzou has had some tight ends over the years and they've never had one wind up being great in the NFL. I thought that they would like Chase Kaufman and Martin Rucker and Culkin was, was pretty good. They've never had a guy who've all been good in college turn out to be a really good NFL tight end. I don't know. Well, Kellen Winslow, but that was a long time ago. Having the last name Culkin, do you think he constantly gets asked by people, you know Macaulay? All the time. <laughs> All the time. I would ask. Is Macaulay your cousin? <laughs> your brother? <laughs> Emily, what do you got for us? From the 636, take it or leave it, Alabama beaches are better than Florida beaches. I've never been to an Alabama beach. I must defer here. I also have never been to an Alabama beach, and I think that's a miss by both of us. Yeah, Gulf Shores, apparently, it's very nice. A lot of people go there. A lot of people love it. Um, I've been to Florida beaches, several. Enjoyed them. Me too. So. Yeah, it's To beat Singer Island, Florida, you're going to have to be a hell of a beach. Never been to Singer Island. It's right where spring training is. It's 15 minutes from Jupiter. It's great. Nice. Emily, I, have you been to Alabama? I have. Okay. I have. And I'm going to leave it because I'm going to Florida next week. So I hope, that, I hope that it's better. <laughs> From the 314, take it or leave it, the A's moved to Canada and the Expos are reborn. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave it too, but that would be cool. Yeah. I'm going to leave it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the time zone thing we talked about. And the number two, I do think the baseball is going to expand to 32 teams. And the money that they can get for a franchise in Montreal will be so great that they don't want a team moving there. They want to get the entry fee of a billion, billion and a half, two billion dollars from somebody in Canada. Wasn't that the same thing with the Nashville project? Mm-hmm, it was. So... 
that's why I wonder why Nashville's being talked about as a potential landing spot for the A's because you already had that committee that was put together. I believe Tony LaRusso was involved. Right, Dave Dombrowski. Yeah, they Dave were all Dombrowski. in the ownership group. Yeah, to explore bringing an expansion team to Nashville. So if you know that that fee's on the table in Nashville and that they already potentially want to put a team there, I would try to utilize another market if I could. I but would too. I just hope that the A's don't leave Oakland. As a city that lost a team, I am cheering for Oakland to get it done. And the area that they want to build is beautiful. Waterfront, I mean, it's right across the bay from San Francisco. It would be a very cool site if they could build it there. we got a couple A's, take it or leave it, so I'll keep going. From the 636, take it or leave it, if the A's move to Nashville, they would overtake Chicago as our biggest rival city. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that, too. Yeah, you've got a lot of deep-seated hatred here over the years. Got a lot of history. Yeah. And, you know, the the Blues-Blackhawks rivalry is intense. The Cubs-Cardinals rivalry has been around forever. And I just go back to the very first time the Rams played the Bears and how that Tony Banks got thrown out of the game. Wow. Because, well, I guess the first game was here, but that was a rivalry game, too. But then when the when the Rams went up there, just because it was St. Louis, Chicago, it's yeah, automatic. It's, it is automatic. So even, I would think that with the bad blood with the Reds, you've had it with the Brewers at times. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to take all of that and throw it out with different teams and just yeah. say because of the proximity of Nashville, they're going to be the rival. And one other point, I don't think that there's a scenario in which you could move the A's and have them be in the same division as the Cardinals. If you move them to Nashville, they wouldn't play enough to develop that kind of a rivalry. And from the 636, take it or leave it, if the A's move, they would change their name. I'm going to leave it. They were the A's in Philadelphia. They were the A's in Kansas City. They're the A's in Oakland. I think they'll remain the athletics. I'm going to take it because I would imagine that if you're moving a team to a new city and you rename it, then it becomes your own. And think about the merchandise opportunities. Think about the marketing opportunities mm-hmm. of, a, of something that you can determine as your own. I imagine you could get the city involved in crowdsource name options. Think about what the Washington football team is doing. They're trying to find something new. That's their Mm -hmm. own. And I think the more ownership you give the city and you give this new fan base and their new team, the more loyal they're going to be to it. I do believe that the A's will stay in Oakland. Their owner, John Fisher, is a Bay Area guy. His parents actually founded The Gap. Oh, wow. Fall into The Gap. Yeah, right. Fall into The Gap now. Get to The Gap. So... I don't think he wants to leave Oakland. I think he wants to make it work out there. And they're just, with the help of MLB, applying some pressure to the city. You think that after what happened with the Raiders, that there would be a sense of urgency with all parties there to make this work. And this mayor, the the Raiders and the Warriors left on her watch. You want three teams to leave on your watch? You want that to be your legacy? No, Mm -mm. I don't think so. Mm -mm. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. And thank you very much for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line. Next up, the Cardinals winners over Milwaukee. And can the Cardinals run away with this division? That's part of what we've got with our fresh take next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. (laughs) K 
Kirkland Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's 806. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Michelle, with the win over the Brewers last night, the Cardinals now enjoy a three-game lead over second-place Milwaukee in the National League Central. The Cubs are under 500, four and a half games back. The Reds are under 500, four and a half games back. The Pirates are 15 and 20, six and a half games back. And this begs the question, are things falling into place for the Cardinals? They'll leave Milwaukee in first place in the National League Central. They'll play a Padre team this weekend that will be without Fernando Tatis Jr. and Will Myers. And the Cardinal pitching, even though they're taking on really tough pitchers over the course of the next two days, Brandon Woodruff today and presumably uh, Corbin Burns tomorrow, the Cardinals pitching, I feel like, stacks up with the Brewers pitching and they'll have chances to win these games. So my question is, can the Cardinals pull away here? I think they can, and I'm with you. I like the Cardinals pitching, even though the next two opponents for the Brewers are going to be two tough opponents, but that's why it was so important to get that win last night, knowing the two guys that you have to face coming up. But the Cardinals starting pitching has been great. Their bullpen has been great, and even though we're going to see some of the bullpen depth tested over today and presumably tomorrow. I still like the Cardinals' chances, especially the way that they're playing. It seems like they're firing on all cylinders right now, and this is a really good chance for them to get some separation between themselves and the Brewers. Goldie, one of the stars of last night's game, he came up and hit a two-run homer in the 11th. For his career, Paul Goldschmidt has hit 326 against Milwaukee with a 1.031 OPS. He's got 19 homers, 58 RBIs in 337 career plate appearances against Milwaukee. Why that success? Um, well, honestly, it wasn't looking so hot there than in regulation until that last swing. So who knows? You know, I was just uh, was luck, you know, fortunate to be able to, you know, get the job done there and great job by our team. But, you know, his first few at-bats weren't too weren't too great. And, you know, they they got me out those four times pretty easily. And, um, you know, I was just fortunate that, um, you know, our pitching did a great job and our the rest of the offense was able to, you know, tie up the game. Um, you know, and get another shot there in extra innings. Oh, he's just being humble. When he goes, oh, I don't know. because you're good. <laughs> yeah. He has been, and, and I think the Cardinals needed Arenado. He's been a, a sensational addition. When the Cardinals acquired him, Bill DeWitt Jr. called him the perfect Cardinal. He is the perfect Cardinal, but he needed a partner in crime, and that's what Arenado is. Batman and Robin? Yep, exactly. Who's Batman? Who's Robin? Arenado's Batman. He is? Yeah. And, and that's what Goldie needed. He needed a Batman because he's a, as good a Robin as there is. But Goldie was here first, and he does have that stoic kind of Bruce Wayne demeanor. He's the big fundy. He's so reliable, just like Batman. That's the... But he is, at this stage, he's a better sidekick. Because if you're going to pick a guy to save you, are you going to pick yeah. Batman or Robin? You're definitely picking Batman. So you're right. Arenado, yeah. Batman. Yeah. I don't know why. Just when I look at the two of them, maybe it's physically. I just picture Goldie as Batman. But you're right. In this scenario, Arenado is Batman. Oh, by the way, one other note about uh, Goldie. At Miller Park, he has 14 homers, 34 RBIs, and 148 career at-bats. 44 runs bet, or I'm sorry, 34 runs batted in, in 170, 148 career at-bats. He's pretty good at Miller Park. Pretty good. Now, American Family Field. It's always going to be Miller Park to me. I Thank don't, you. I don't like that it's called American Family Field. When they were mentioning it last night when Dan was saying that on the broadcast, it just doesn't feel right. 
doesn't feel like it should be called that. Michelle has been given a task for tomorrow on the mothership. She will be on with Keyshawn, Jay Will, and I think Alan Hahn rather yes. than Zubin. And you need to pick out the three athletes in St. Louis, tell me if I'm wrong here, that would show up at a restaurant with one table left. Who's going to get it? Who are the top three athletes in St. Louis that when they show up, they're getting that table? And just to make this clear, because we've gotten a lot of texts, current athletes. They have to be playing currently. So a lot of people submitting Ozzie Smith or Brett Hall, great selections, but not within the confines of this assignment. It has to be current athletes. And I'm representing St. Louis, Randy. This is going to go to a national bracket. So I need to make sure that we have the right representatives on on our star list. And I figure Yachty's written in Sharpie. No one's going to dispute Yachty or Molina on that list. I thought Nolan Arenado deserved to be on the list, not only because of the star power that he brought to the Cardinals, but just his star power within baseball as a whole. Nolan Arenado is a star. He's got babies named after him, okay? There's no way that he's waiting for a table if he goes to a restaurant and they don't have any availability. They're going to make it work for Nolan Arenado. But then that third spot, I'm stressed out about it. How do you leave Adam Wainwright off this list? How do you leave Ryan O'Reilly off this list? You can't leave either one off, so I don't know which one to put in the top three. Adam Wainwright is 6'7". He shows up with the five kids, two of them exceptionally young, and and obviously his wife, Jenny. Everybody in St. Louis is going to know who Adam Wainwright is. But they're going to know who Ryan O'Reilly is, too. I know. I think the one guy that hasn't, everybody doesn't know his face yet is Arenado. I think they know it. I think they know his face. (laughs) I think... Most people do, but not everybody because he just hasn't been around as long. Ryan O'Reilly is on commercials all the time. That's true. But Arnato is, you love Instagram, Randy. Follow Randy on Instagram at RJ Character. Thank you. So you know this play. You're not doing this, but you know the trends of Instagram. If there's someone you're crushing on, you're cruising their profile all the time. You're you're checking to see what they're yep. doing. You know what they look like. You can spot them out of a crowd. The Cardinals have been secretly creeping on Nolan Arenado for a long time. We've been watching MLB Network. We've been watching his highlights in Colorado. So even before he wore the birds on the bat, we knew who he was. The thing is, he doesn't do the social media. I've tried. I'm trying to see him on social media, see him out and about. I see Wayno on social media. I see Yachty on social media. I even see Ryan O'Reilly doing the Twitter thing now and then. I don't see Nolan Arenado doing that. Is Ryan O'Reilly on Twitter? I don't think he's on socials. He used to, he used to be. But he, either way, he's on the commercials. And he yeah. brought St. Louis the Cup. first Stanley Cup in franchise history. It feels like sacrilege to leave any any blue off that list, period. But especially Ryan O'Reilly. He's the captain. He's he's our guy. But how do I leave Adam Wainwright off? How I just, and I think that Nolan Arenado is a star. And I think he's a star nationally. And I think he's a star here locally. I don't know if it really matters that he's only been with the team for a couple months. He's a star. If, if, you're if, try, Trout, if you're trying to win the national vote, and we aren't going to win the national vote, as you've already admitted. Yeah, we're never going to win the national vote because we don't have a LeBron. Yeah, right. Or, LA's winning the national vote. Yeah. or uh, With LeBron and Mookie and... Yeah. The, the, it's just going to... Matthew Stafford. Matthew, that's right. Matthew Stafford rounding out the top three. You know what I was thinking about? Even when the Rams were here, they were so bad for so long. I don't even know if a Ram would have made this list. Maybe Aaron Donald. But our, our all-time... Number one, people are giving you inactive players. The all-time number one would be Kurt 
all time number one yep. more than Ozzy? Yep. More than Stan? Yep. More than Brett Hall? Yep. Who's more nationally known than it, of all of those guys than Kurt Warner? Well, he is on NFL Network and he does call the games. Yeah. And, and he, he is he, getting a movie made out after you know about and, his life. So. And he had hundreds of millions of people watching him play in Super Bowls. That's true. That is true. Yeah. He's number one. That's a that's a pretty good call. He might be number one. You're right. Number number one on the list, number one in our hearts always. Yeah. Kurt right. Warner. Um, but I I don't know if it's too, you know, homery to have three baseball players on the list. I just I don't know about the national recognition of hockey players. The Houston guy today had three members of the Astros. Now they've lost JJ Watt, can't count Deshaun Watson anymore. He's not getting many tables in Houston. The Rockets have nobody that you've ever heard of. So, yeah, you can have three baseball players. You can go there. That's not a problem at all. Okay, we're getting a lot of texts suggesting Pat Maroon. He doesn't play for a St. Louis team right. currently. They have, current. to, they have to be a current St. Louis player on a St. Louis team. So, Pat Maroon, not in the list. But he is a hometown hero, baby. So, I understand why people would want to throw him on the list. Well, I, I will say this. With the popularity... Well, see, again, hockey is different in our town, and we're talking about our town. We're talking, yeah, and I and I don't think we should necessarily make the list based on what other people will think because we're not going to win no. anyway. Right. So, so in St. Louis, somebody is going to Palmano's down the street. I, this is a real struggle for me, but I do think in St. Louis. I think Ryan O'Reilly is so recognizable and so popular and has done so much. I think you have to have Ryan O'Reilly in the mix somehow. I agree. And what do you think about this as a potential wiggle room out for me? Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright are synonymous. They're They're battery mates. They're hermanos. So maybe, though, if I put Yadi on the list, it's also acknowledging Adam Wainwright. No, they aren't going to let you do that. Man, I can't leave Wayne off the list. Here, let me... Let me try to sell it to you this way. Okay. 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 Ryan O'Reilly has won a Con Smythe, won a championship. Yes. Adam has closed out a world championship. Yachty has closed out world championships. Arnado has played 25 games for the Cardinals. Okay. Let me spin it to you this way. Yachty or Molina, guaranteed Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado in that conversation. In the conversation. People think he's one of the best third basemen to ever play this game. But I'm, I'm just going strictly locally here. There's no doubt of his, the quality of his play. But people in St. Louis appreciate baseball, period. If Nolan Arenado was playing for the Rockies still and they came to town, he's not waiting for a table because people in St. Louis appreciate good baseball players. Yes, we do. But we appreciate guys that bring us our first Stanley Cup in 52 years, too. Listen, it's not Ryan O'Reilly that I'm debating at this point. It's if it should be Arenado or Wainwright. That's where I've landed. Well, that's why... Because those guys have been around for 17 or 18 years in town. Wainwright and Molina have been here for so long and brought us so much. Okay. The, the other guys, I love him. I love him. I think he's awesome. He's been here for a month. Okay, so you're telling me if in the offseason the Cardinals made a deal with the Padres and they brought Fernando Tatis Jr. to town that he wouldn't be on this list? He's on the cover of, ba- of video games, Randy. He's the biggest star in baseball currently. You think that just because he'd been on the team for a couple months that we wouldn't add him to the list? This is about star power, not who we have the most affection for. It's about star power. I believe that O'Reilly's star power at the moment eclipses Arenado's. 
And I think Wayno's does, and I think Gaddy's does. Because of what they've provided here. We don't have Fernando Tatis. Uh, that would be different because he, he is a legitimate star. Emily. What about a guy like Max Scherzer if we got him? I, uh, again, yeah, if you get him at the trade deadline, if Scherzer, I guess he's recognizable because he's got different colored eyes, but if he walks into a dark restaurant like Palmano's and Wayno <laughs> is there and they both say, hey, I want your last table, I think Wayno gets it. You know, got, I think O'Reilly gets it. We got I think an Yachty gets it. Amazing text from the 314. Is an active coach eligible because there's no way in hell a maitre d' is telling Chief no? Well, if Chief is going to a restaurant and you don't have a table, you're not going to tell Craig Burby no. Al- Chief's already got his places. That's right. That's true. That's true. Um, and every text that we're getting has a different response. Makes it more t- difficult for you. I'm, I'm losing sleep over this. I really am because I want to get the top three correct. Should we put a poll up? Yeah, that's a good okay, idea. All right, Let's do we'll it. do it. That's your fresh take on 101 ESPN coming up. You're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Busy second half of the show today. David Perron at 845. Bill DeWitt III talking about the expansion of Cardinal capacity at 9. And then Wayno at 930. Wednesdays with Wayno. But right now it's time for... You're killing me, Smalls. Randy. Todd Frazier, who has one of the great walk-up songs of all time in Fly Me to the Moon by Fly Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Not great times for him, though. He was designated for assignment by the Pirates on Monday. Ouch. Not great, right? Well, he's gotten into a bit of a Twitter beef. This has made national news with a local radio host from Pittsburgh. Have you ever been in a Twitter beef, beef with an athlete? I never have, no. I can't picture you doing that, Randy. No. Well, Mark Madden, who is on air in Pittsburgh, he is, let's see, I don't know which station he's on, one old. 1059 the X 1059 the X so <laughs> that's where he is he tweets at Todd Frazier after he gets released hey and he added him Flava Frazier 21 happy bleeping trails you scrub DFA'd now GFY and that means go mm-hmm. blank yourself basically so not a nice tweet to Todd Frazier he responds Funny that this slob, and I mean absolute slob, is talking blank. Go grab another hot dog. Please look yourself in the mirror. My goodness, you wouldn't dare say this to my face, flounder. Love your nickname, by the way. (laughs) This picture tells it all, and he added a photo of him, and he says, and to think people take you serious, GTFOH. Todd Frazier is one of the nicest guys in baseball. He's the Todd father. I don't know why would somebody would want to come after him, especially after he got DFA'd. Everybody gets older and everybody's production dwindles. Todd Frazier has been a really good player for a long time. I, I wonder what precipitated the beef, especially since I, I don't know if this guy goes down to clubhouses, but since Pittsburgh people haven't had the opportunity to get to know Todd Frazier. I wonder if that was just all based on performance and the fact that he got DFA'd. That's just really unfortunate and unprofessional on the part of that guy. Well, Mark Madden responds. He quote Mm. tweets Todd Frazier's quote and he said, that's a solid hit rare for you. (laughs) I'd gladly say it to your face. The Pirates could use some attendance. Bat shaming is greater than fat shaming. I was here before you got here and here after you're gone gone and it didn't take too bleeping long. Cut by the Pirates. I've had career lows, not that low. Wow. Going after Todd Frazier. Seems unnecessary to me. That's really 
I, I don't like that on the part of a radio guy. I don't I don't get that. And why kick a guy when he's down? It just it, I wonder if he was ripping him while Frazier was sitting on the Pirates bench for the first month of the season. Maybe. Maybe. But he started it. Yeah, he, it's ridiculous. He, and he added him too. Yeah. But some people that's how some people get attention though. And we're talking about it. Yeah. But I just thought Todd Frazier's response to call someone flounder. It's pretty strong. What a diss. I, I love that. Someone, that's, put that one in your back pocket. That one hurts. I feel kind of bad, though. It's, I, I don't think that flounder should be. Have you ever Todd, seen The Little Mermaid? Flounder was great. A great member of the sea. I don't think but that's still. the flounder he was talking about. Oh, I don't think so either. So, uh, but that's okay. It's fl- Flounder was pretty awesome, though. You're killing me, Smalls. So, Randy, a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay. Devontae Adams speaking out, saying that he doesn't like the situation. He was talking to Pro Football Talk, and he said, that's my guy. That's the only guy I've had other than that 2017 season when he got hurt. That's the only guy that I've played with. We built up a special connection over the years that has put us both in really good positions in our career. Not that he needed me to come along for it because he was already in that spot. We've established a lot together. It would change a lot, man. It doesn't mean I'd be gone, but I definitely have to do some extra thinking if my guy wasn't here. Not only that, but Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the league right now, and he's the 15th highest paid receiver in the league. So I would think that he would look at it, at that part of it as well. But if you're a receiver and a quarterback that is at the level of Aaron Rodgers is talking about leaving and might not be there, I I would say that you have to look at your future and consider your future in that market. You would think so. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there, I bet everyone on that team is questioning their future there. Yeah, I would think so. Unless Jordan Love is really good. And maybe Jordan Love winds up being really good. But having Bakhtiari at left tackle, having Devontae Adams at receiver certainly would, and Aaron Jones, by the way, running the ball, would work to the benefit of a young any young quarterback. You're killing me, Smalls. Randy, did you ever watch Nickelodeon back in the day? Maybe your kids had it on. Did yes. you ever see some of the, sh- the shows they had back in the day? Did you ever see Legends of the Hidden Temple? I did not. It was a great competition show, and it's coming back. The CW is bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple, but it's going to be, instead of kid competitors, adult competitors this time. So it's a great show where there's a lot of physical challenges. You There's a man-made jungle that you have to traverse through. You're on teams. There were legendary teams like the, you remember the Purple Parrots, of course, and the Blue Barracudas. Oh, we, yeah. we all know these teams. But I think for people my age, they're definitely going to want to either be on the show or watch the show. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Did you ever watch Guts or Double Dare? I might have watched Double Dare. What was the one where you get slimed? I think that might have been Double Dare. Okay. Yeah, so I I think I did watch that. And Rugrats was a regular in our home. Doug, too, maybe? Yep. Yeah, we saw a lot of that stuff. It was great. I definitely will be watching it, though. I I know a lot of people my age loved those shows. And if you're going to reboot movies and reboot, you know, television franchises, why not reboot some of these game shows? Makes all the sense in the world. I, people are very uncreative now, so why not come up with something new? You're killing me, Smalls. Did you see this thing with Noah Syndergaard? 
talking about baseball. So he did an interview with GQ, and he went in on baseball's unwritten rules. He said, I think they're pretty stupid, to be honest. Anything unwritten sounds pretty stupid. I think it's very old school. I think there needs to be a new school approach. I think baseball has gotten soft, too. I think there should be some more bleep talking. I agree with what Trevor Bauer recently said about the celebrations. He gave up two home runs to Fernando Tatis. Tatis heckled him pretty good. I think that's awesome. I agree with Bauer. That does not warrant somebody to get thrown at and that's old school because if he would have played in the era of bob gibson or sandy koufax or don drysdale if a hitter would have pimped a pitcher there's no doubt that he would have been knocked down the next time he came up or the next hitter would have been knocked down it was a harder tougher game then it it hasn't gotten soft well they have gotten soft and that's that's where they are i don't know if you can have both so I think he's going to have to make up his mind. Does does he want to have the new school or does he want to have a hard, tough game? And clearly they're going to let the kids play and having a a softer game, but also more entertaining, more, a a lot more emotion shown by players. And I have no problem with that either. But when you have guys like Trevor Bauer and now Noah Syndergaard saying that they think that baseball needs to get away from this stuff. I think the more stars that you have come out and say these unwritten rules are unnecessary, the more it's going to trend that way. And I think there are a lot of stupid unwritten rules like not swinging at a 3-0 pitch. Why not swing at a 3-0 pitch if it's down the middle? That That's one of the unwritten rules. Not bunting to break up a no-hitter. That, that is an unwritten rule. But also it was an unwritten rule that you didn't blow kisses or you didn't bat flip against a 6'6", 230-pound pitcher. I think we all loved Chris Carpenter here in St. Louis because he was old school. We like that. Yeah, we do. We like Adam Wainwright because he's old school. So I think all of us like aspects of old school, but we want to see a little melding of the old school and the new, new school. Thanks, Michelle. You got it. And, and oh, by the way. Oh, boy, is this great. Speaking of flounder. There you go. Got to get that in Got to get that in. Coming up next, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Character. Welcome back to Character and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fight. So let's welcome in Randy's challenger today. Mike is with us. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You nervous to take on Randy today? You confident? How you feeling? A little bit of both. I think I know some sports trivia, but definitely a little nervous. What's your sport, Mike? Definitely baseball. Okay, well, there's only one baseball question, but I think you might remember this one. So you might have one that you can write down in Sharpie. Let's see, okay? Good luck. All right, thank you. Question number one for you. Tim Tebow played his last game 3,055 days ago, his last NFL game 3,055 days ago. Who did he throw his last touchdown to in a Broncos playoff win? Was it Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, or Eddie Royal? Total guess. Let's go with Eric Decker. 
Chris Berman signed an extension with ESPN on Monday that will allow him to continue which NFL continue to host which NFL program on ESPN Plus, NFL Countdown, NFL Live, or NFL Primetime. Primetime. All right, Mike, here's your baseball question. Michael Waka is one of the players involved with Adam Wainwright's organization, Big League Impact. Adam Wainwright joins us for Wednesdays with Wayno. You can listen to him right here on 101 ESPN at 9.30 a.m. today. Which 2013 World Series game was Waka's only win? Was it game two, game three, or game five? I think that was game, let's see, it was on the road. Let's go with game three. And it was announced Monday that the Blues nominee for the Bill Masterton Trophy would be Vladimir Tarasenko. Who was the last Blue to win the trophy? Was it Blake Dunlop, Jamie McLennan, or Jay Bomeister? Jamie McLennan. All right, we're checking our score here before Randy comes in. Mike, where are you listening from today? Imperial. Imperial. Shout out Imperial. Awesome. Oh, Randy is trotting in. Hello, Randy. As you're getting settled in, please say good morning to Mike, who is listening to us from Imperial today. Mike, thank you very much for listening from Imperial. We do appreciate that. Good to have you with us, and thanks for playing in the fight. Appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. All right, Randy. Question number one for you. Yes. mind. Tim Tebow played his last NFL game 3,055 days ago. Who did he throw his last touchdown to in a Broncos playoff win? Demarius Thomas. Chris Berman signed an extension with ESPN on Monday that will allow him to continue to host which NFL program on ESPN Plus? NFL prime time. <laughs> Michael Walker is one of the players involved with Adam Wainwright's organization, Big Link Impact. Wayno joins us for Wednesdays with Wayno, and you can listen to him on 101 ESPN at 930 today. We're going to have him next hour. Which 2013 World Series game was Michael Walker's only win? Okay, so the Cardinals fell in game one, and I think they won in game two. Let's see, and that would have been up, but he got knocked around. So it must have been the game here where must have, I'm thinking game five here because he got knocked around up there. But let me think about this a little bit more. So game one was the game where Beltran got hurt. They lost. Game two, they won. Back three, four. I'll I'll go with, by game five, they had quit pitching to Big Poppy. I'll go with game five. <laughs> by game five. <laughs> and it was announced Monday that the Blues nominee for the Bill Masterton Trophy would be Vladimir Tarasenko. Who was the last Blue to win the trophy? I'll go with the lifeline here. Was it Blake Dunlop, Jamie McLennan, or Jay Bomeister? Ooh, I don't know if Bo won it, but I know Noodles did. I'll go with Jamie McLennan. Wow, this was a good fight, a close fight. Very close fight on this hump day. Emily, ring it. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight sponsored by Ryan Kelly and HeroLoan.com. Check out how they help veterans and service members at the new and improved HeroLoan.com. Mike, you were oh so close. Randy got three correct. You got two. I was, uh, I was thinking there. Those were tough. 
So super tough. Emily comes up with very hard questions. Mm-hmm. I got to give her credit. She does. All right, let's run through our answers here. So Tim Tebow, 3,055 days ago, played his last NFL game. His last touchdown was that famous catch or pass to Demarius Thomas in a Broncos playoff win. Chris Berman signed an extension with ESPN. He's going to continue to host NFL primetime on ESPN+. Plus. The World Series game that was Michael Walker's only win back in 2013 was game two. It was game two. Okay. It was game two. It was not when they decided to stop pitching Poppy. <laughs> it was game two. And the last blue to win the Bill Masterson trophy was Jamie McLennan. He won the award in 1998. Mike, thanks so much for playing. Thanks for listening from Imperial and have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mike. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And the Blues are in action tonight. They take on the Minnesota Wild. A late start. Don't forget, 8 o'clock over at Enterprise Center, 7 o'clock with your pregame with Alex Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. David Perron will join us to talk about that end of the season start and more on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Smallman on 101 ESPN, your home of the Blues. The Blues start their final series of the season tonight. Minnesota in town at Enterprise Center. And Blues forward David Perron, kind enough to join us as he does every week here on 101 ESPN. David, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Doing well. Hey, I want to talk about Monday's game because after the game, Chief said, there was no emotion. He said it is what it is. You guys are locked into fourth place. The Kings were out of the playoffs. How did you feel playing that game? Yeah, I mean, and those type of games are, are a little bit different. A lot similar to what we had last week against Anaheim. Uh, and, and when you play teams like Minnesota, you play teams like Colorado, Vegas, teams that we're hopeful to face, uh, obviously, in the near future, uh, they're just a lot more physical games. You're just in, into it a lot more. And then and when you don't play those guys, you know they got to play for nothing. And really, for us, same thing. Our, our standing's not going to change, so... I think it's just natural. We're going to make sure our habits, our details are, are fine, but the emotion most likely won't be as high as it, as it should be or it could be, and that's just how it goes at this time of the year right now. David, I wanted to ask you about Justin Falk. He gets the goal to help you defeat the Kings in overtime on Monday, and it wasn't always the easiest acclimation period for him when he first came to St. Louis, but he's been such an important piece of the puzzle for your success this season. What do you think the difference is? Do you think it's just him getting more comfortable with the organization and with the team, having a more stable role? What are you seeing out of Justin Falk this season? Yeah, he's very impressive. I think last year was a tough year, Um I mean, for him, but also just the fact that he had to play behind Pareko, behind Petrangelo, and then when he didn't play behind them, he wasn't playing on his offside. So it was a big adjustment for him where he was used to uh, basically playing the role that he's playing this year, and that's why he's driving so good, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing that we have to, to make sure that I have to, to acknowledge is how good of a teammate he was uh, last year, even through everything he went through. So um, it was very impressive, and I'm glad he's having the success this year. David, how hard is it for a forward, a winger, to switch between left and right wing? Uh, I mean, there are subtle adjustments. For me, I was playing a lot of that early in my career. and the last four or five years, I've been playing on the right mostly. And you just kind of, depending on, on which centerman you're playing with, um, sometimes when I play on the left side this year, I play with Kyrou on the right wing. I know he's a very fast skater. 
So there's some certain plays that we can try where if I play with maybe a different guy or, or if I'm on the right side, I won't be able to make those same plays. Um, it's just a little difference, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think guys necessarily enjoy too much changing left and right because it is still a little bit different. And I wonder if it's even more difficult for a defenseman because you're obviously pl- trying to play defense. seems like it, for a, a right-handed shooting defenseman, you, you like to have the shot from the right side, but you like to defend with your stick right in front of the net. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's probably a lot harder, to be honest, as a defenseman. So that's why I say, like, credit to, to Justin last year. Uh, just basically rolling with, with everything that he had to go through. Didn't really mention, didn't ever complain about anything. And he's been playing some great hockey for us this year. So uh, it's good to see he's, he's a shutdown defenseman. He's, he's been playing on the power play recently. He plays well in the PK. So he's a very impressive defenseman. David, you guys have back-to-back games versus Minnesota, and then it's playoff time. We're waiting to find out who your first-round opponent will be. Are you leaning one way? Do you prefer if it's Vegas or Colorado? Uh, For me, it doesn't matter. I I don't think anyone in the room really cares if we end up playing or not, but we want to play both teams in the end, and we know we're going to have to beat both. So uh, that's what it's all about, and we're just ready to to get the playoffs going, really uh, nail down all our details before the end of the season is over and then we look forward to keep going after that now making the playoffs is never just the goal the goal is to be the last team stand standing and win a stanley cup but when you think about this season and the travel and the schedule disruptions and all the injuries that your team has had to face you have to be pretty proud of this group that you've been able to overcome everything and become a playoff team oh yeah absolutely and uh i think we're we're really coming together and more and more as a team as we go and uh, it's going to be interesting, the, the challenges that are facing, uh, that we're going to face ahead here. Um, but, yeah, like, we're pretty excited. We're excited that the regular season's coming to an end. A lot of things happen. And uh, even though it was 56 games, it felt like a lot more. So um, I think the guys are excited to get the playoffs going. David Prom with us on Carriker and Smallman. And, David, every hockey player has tendencies. Obviously, Petro is going to know a lot of your tendencies if you face Vegas. You have played uh, with them. Have you ever played against a former team in the playoffs before? And if not, do you think that you can add some of your knowledge of your former Vegas teammates to help out in the endeavor in the playoffs? Uh, I, I haven't really played uh team like that before. I think there's still been some personal change. Uh, definitely, I think for Petzl, he's going to be able to, to tell them a lot of the little things that we like to do system-wise that maybe they can try and take advantage, but at the same time, uh, teams can adjust to little things. Good coaches really make little adjustments that uh, take that away, so at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I think what we see out of Vegas, if we end up playing them, is all how hard they work, how competitive they are. And uh, as, as guys, we got to remember the feeling that we had leaving the building last time. And uh, that we know that in the room. We didn't like the way we played that game, certain things they were doing over there. And that's fine. We just keep moving forward. They're a good team, and we're hoping to whoever we face, we face. David, what is one thing that you think your team needs to do in order for you to have success in the playoffs? Well, play the right way and, and really stick together for 60 minutes. We can't have any letdowns. We have to make sure we come wave after wave. And I think it's one of the things at times that uh, we can still improve on, uh, making sure that we bring momentum for the next line that goes on the ice, putting them in the right spot. Um, 
really putting like the next guys. Uh, when you, you you change on you change your on the ice, you go on the bench, making sure that the next year that come on the ice are put in a better situation than you are in really. And uh, it, these are all like little details that are crucial for us to build our team game, our momentum game, and that's when we're really successful. We're on the forecheck, we're doing all the little things, and it matters a lot. David, I think we as fans, we're interested to hear how life changes. It seems like life changes dramatically from the final game of the regular season to the playoffs as well as in terms of your focus, in terms of what you have to put in to be a successful playoff team. Well, it's just a big roller coaster. And the teams and the individuals that are able to turn the page on good performances and follow it up and then bad performances, same thing the other way around. It's never perfect. It's never the way you'd like it to be all the way through. And we've, we've lived uh, the Stanley Cup two years ago, but even through that, it wasn't perfect uh, every single game in those games. So it just goes to show you that it's going to be a long a long ride, hopefully a fun one. And uh, we're going to learn a lot all the way through whenever we stop playing. We're hoping that's when we win again. Yeah, that that's our final question, David, is does the experience of two years ago benefit the St. Louis Blues that went through it this year? Uh, it always does. I think it brings you a little bit of a calmness. The guys that went through this whole thing, uh, it brings you a sense that you, you just know you can get it done. And uh, it's, it's really a matter of coming together as a group. And uh, we're really excited to get that going and, and show it off. And it, it doesn't always happen every, every year or every, every night. But uh, I think definitely the experience is still fresh on our mind. And we weren't happy that we played last uh, year in the bubble and that in the playoffs, uh, we wanted to, to have more guys emotionally involved and all that stuff. So uh, we're hoping to bring that uh, this year. And David, as you start the playoffs, this is going to be our final meeting. And every single week when we hang up with you, Michelle and I say, boy, is he great. We, we've really loved having you on the show with us this season. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I, I wish I could keep it going, but it's it's not so much uh, the way we do things when playoffs uh, start. It's, it's kind of more, uh, in a way, that, not that it's not team-oriented, but we like to keep our, all our details close to our vest, and uh, that's kind of what the mentality is right now. But I appreciate all the time every week. It was a lot of fun for me as well. Glad glad to hear it, and uh, hopefully we'll start it up again next fall. David, have a great playoff run. Sounds we'll good. keep an eye on you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. David Perron in the Blues tonight, 8 o'clock start, 7 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the president of your St. Louis Cardinals, Bill DeWitt, joins us to talk about expanding capacity at Bush Stadium with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker. I'm 101 ESPN. And last night, the Cardinals announced that the franchise has been approved to increase capacity at Bush Stadium, starting up with this coming week or a couple of weekends series with uh, the Cubs. It's uh, a week past this coming weekend. And joining us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is the Cardinal president, Bill DeWitt III. Bill, always good to talk to you. And thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Thanks for having me, Randy. Well, let's start with this. I know tickets are already on sale for the increased capacity. How have sales gone here in the 12, 14 hours since you made the announcement? Uh, good. We had um, last night probably about seven or 8,000 people uh, buy tickets to the Cubs series because of the new capacity. <clears throat> 
And today we're on sale and selling. So uh, we're excited about it. That's great news. And Bill, is there a target date for full capacity? Or are you just kind of taking this day by day still? Yesterday. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> that was my target. Uh, no, I mean, I think, look, the numbers continue to improve, numbers meaning uh, virus numbers. And that's really what's driving our um, additional capacity and ability to do that. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I would hope sometime in June we could we could get to full capacity, but that's just me speculating. Um, you know, we just got to keep keep improving as a community on this area and hopefully push vaccinations, which is another piece of what we announced yesterday. Bill, not only from a revenue standpoint is it important to have fans in the stands, but having Cardinals fans go to Bush Stadium and experience a game, it's such a it's such a thing here in St. Louis. So it has to be great for you to get that energy back at the ballpark and, and see those Cardinals fans back in the stands. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. Like I was saying to somebody the other day that the 14,000 or so that we've had is like, 20 times better than zero. <laughs> um, but it still leaves you kind of, you know, the, the concourses are pretty empty and um, it just doesn't have the buzz. Like we, we were leaving a game actually when I was making that point that we had won and normally there'd be that buzz, right? Um, and it was just quiet. And so, look, it's been great. It's been awesome to have fans back. But uh, doubling that number is going to make it feel a lot more like it should at a Cardinals game. Bill, the way you mentioned that the Cardinals are trying to help people get vaccinated and actually encouraging people to get vaccinated with an event that has already started at the ballpark today. Tell us about how people can get vaccinated and how they can get a couple of Cardinal tickets out of it, too. Yeah, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Obviously, um, some people might still be on the fence. So we're saying uh, come down to um, Bush Stadium today, tomorrow, and the next day from 9 to 4, Fridays 9 to 1. And... Um, Free parking right in that star lot south of the ballpark. Walk into the uh, home plate entrance, which is um, right through into the Cardinals Club. Nice little environment there. Get, get your shot and get two Cardinals tickets to an upcoming game. So, um, you know, couldn't be easier. There's an incentive, and hopefully people will um, will just come do it and uh, get off that fence. The Cardinal President, Bill DeWitt III, with us on 101 ESPN. I do want to touch on the rules for people that perhaps have bought tickets for the Cubs series, and tickets for June games will go on sale soon. But there are still some protocols and requirements for people that come down to the ballpark, including masks and mobile-only ticketing and cashless transactions, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, And we're unfortunately not allowing bags, like the larger bags that we've typically allowed, or food and things like that. So, and ticketless ticketing, like you said. Um, so, yeah, there are some different things if people haven't come down yet. Um, we're asking people to wear masks. Um, that's a big part of, you know, why we've been allowed to um, bump up our capacity because we've, we've done it safely and in the right way so far, and we want to keep that going. Do you anticipate that in the future the bag rule will change back so that women can bring their purses in and people can bring in the soft coolers, or is that going to be a permanent thing? Uh, I do. Uh, you know, we've debated some things. Um, as you know, the NFL kind of went to a, um, a much stricter thing. The NHL, slightly less strict, but stricter than us. And now we're all pretty strict uh, because of, you know, the protocols. But, uh, you know, I just I don't have an answer for you there, Randy. We're going we're gonna to evaluate that um, once we get on the other side of this thing. 
Bill, while we have you, we wanted to ask you about the team. An exciting extra innings win over the Brewers last night. They're sitting at 22-14. and 14. They're at the top of the, the division. How do you feel about the Cardinals so far? <laughs> Feeling great. Um, it's, it's fun to see kind of the, um, the buzz with the lineup. You know, we've had um, kind of our offensive struggles the last few years, but um, and, and it'll be a, probably a, somewhat of a streaky offensive team, it seems. But, man, there's, um, there's, there's threats up and down this lineup, as you saw last night, you know, where they were struggling all game to get the hit, and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, and extra innings um, by Goldschmidt and O'Neill. It's just it, it makes you feel like um, anything can happen with this team, and so far it has been. And, Bill, now that we have you here, we certainly wanted to ask you about Albert Pujols. You might not be able to answer the question, but since he was designated for assignment by the Angels, it's something that everyone in St. Louis has been talking about. So I wanted to know if bringing Albert back to the Cardinals is something that the team might entertain. Uh, you know, we, we've certainly had some internal conversations about it. Of course, how could you not, right? Um, but, you know, I think right now we, we really like where we are with the team. I'd, I'd hate to... Um, um, take it bats away from anybody right now. I, I think we, um, um, we, we've still got people that we want to see what, what they're all about, you know, younger players, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I, I think right now it's, it's, it's something that we haven't really entertained. Um, you know, I think that if this was at the end of the season, it, it might've been a different conversation and you never say never, but, but right now we kind of, we, we, we like where we are. Hey, Bill, one other thing I want to get out there, because people might not be aware of it, but I was an usher as a youngster when I was in college, and at the bottom of the release, the Cardinals tell us that you're still looking to add more ushers and event staff at Bush Stadium, which is very cool, and I found that to be an awesome job, and I know all the people that are still friends of mine that were there when I was there absolutely love it, and people can get more information by going to cardinals.com slash jobs, but you're on the ballpark every day. You have a great staff, and they have a lot of fun. They do. Thanks for mentioning it, Randy. We do. Um, we are looking for for uh, applicants, um, both from the usher point of view, and then of course sports service looking for um, applicants um, to help with the concessions and food and beverage and and and, and that side of it. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's one of those things where uh, we're going to ramp up with attendance, like we talked about we're going to have to ramp up our hiring too. And that's all good, right? That's the whole, whole point of this is uh, generating all this great economic activity and excitement for downtown St. Louis and ballpark village is starting to ramp up um, and they're hiring too. So um, we, um, we hope people will um, see this as a great opportunity and, and join us in our, in our mission. Looking forward to even more fans in the stands, more tickets being sold, and more people in downtown St. Louis. Bill, as always, we thank you for your time. We know that you're a busy guy, and we do appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Take care. That's Cardinal President Bill DeWitt III with us on 101 ESPN. And again, the vaccination event today, tomorrow, and Friday, today 9 to 4, tomorrow 9 to 4, and then Friday 9 to 1. You just go in behind home plate, and you can park for free in the star lot. Get your vaccination and you can get a pair of tickets out of it and tickets available for the series against the Cubs at Bush Stadium starting on May 21st to 23rd. Just go to Cardinals.com or call 345-9000. And one other note from my part of this Mm -hmm. is that with the increasing capacity, the Cardinals looking to add more ushers and more event staff, including sports service employees. All you need to do is go to Cardinals.com slash jobs. And in regards to Albert Pujols. 
I, internal discussions, obviously something that they naturally would talk about. I can't imagine that they wouldn't talk about it. But I, I'm kind of with with Bill DeWitt right now. I like where the team's at, and you, you never know what could happen in the future. But I thought the fact that they had internal discussions, not surprised. No, he's like you said, you have to. Right, you when, have when, to. It's when, it's Albert, when you're the Cardinals and it's Albert Pools. Of course. Coming up on 101 ESPN. Michelle has a real task, a difficult task tomorrow in picking the three St. Louis athletes that you would put at the top of a list to get into a crowded restaurant. We need your input. We've got a lot of it. Michelle's going to tell you where she is right now next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Nine eighteen in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Tomorrow morning at six thirty, you need to tune in to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Not because of their show, but because Michelle's <laughs> going to be on it. Did, did I just say that out loud? And because of their show. Come on. Okay, for their show too. But, but Michelle's yes, going to be on. We're talking St. Louis, so you're going to want to right. tune in. You have been tasked with an eminently difficult task to try to pick three St. Louis athletes that could go the top three St. Louis athletes that could go to a restaurant and get the last table available in a crowded restaurant. Yeah, so the way that this was spun to me is they're doing this really cool thing on the show called Market Madness. Chris Canty was filling in a while back, and he ranked his top sports stars in New York right now. So what they're doing is they're getting a lot of big sports markets to rank the top three sports stars in their city right now. And... He, they say the definition of a star is a top guy who can walk into any restaurant and get a table right away. They're not waiting online to get into a club or to get into a restaurant. And they're going to have different people from different markets reveal their top three, and they're going to put together a bracket. And I'm so excited, of course, to represent our great city. And at first glance, I thought, oh, this will be easy to come up with three stars. But I have a group of four, and I can't really leave anyone out. I can't determine which of the four should be the person that I leave out. And the four being Yadier Molina, Ryan O'Reilly, Nolan Arenado, or Adam Wainwright. Who's who's the, the person on the outside looking in that's asking their buddy to bring home a doggy bag because they didn't get into the restaurant? And I, and I know this sounds sacrilegious because we love him, but I am leaving... Arenado off the list right now. You are. And I understand that thought process. I understand why you would leave Nolan Ar- Nolan Arenado off the list. He hasn't been in St. Louis that long. We're talking a matter of weeks here, right? However, this is about star power, and this is about the person who is not going to wait for a table. Nolan Arenado played one game here in St. Louis, and people were so excited they were naming babies after him. I was. We did the home opener show at Ballpark Village, and when they had the the big projector screen that they have um, right outside there in the sports and social area. There was a big crowd there. Everyone was watching the home opener festivities. And Nolan Arenado got the second biggest ovation. Yadier Molina obviously getting the first. But people are thrilled that he's here. And St. Louis loves hospitality. We love to make people feel like they're welcomed here. And I just know that Nolan Arnauto was coveted by Cardinals fans for so long that if he goes in any restaurant, he's not waiting. So the other three we have are Yachty. And as you say, Yachty's in Sharpie. Yachty is in Sharpie. He's not coming off the list. So you've got Wainwright and Ryan O'Reilly as your other two. Yes. 
how do you leave Adam Wainwright off this list? Who's a better representative of St. Louis and of the Cardinals than Adam Wainwright? No one. He's part of championships here. He's He is in so many ways the face of the franchise. You can't leave Adam Wainwright off the list. But how am I going to leave the captain, Ryan O'Reilly, off the list? The piece of the puzzle that brought St. Louis the impossible, the first ever Stanley Cup in franchise history. Here's the one thing that you can do. I think you have to look at it from a personal feelings standpoint. Adam Wainwright, if he goes to a fine Italian restaurant in the St. Louis metro area and is turned away because Ryan O'Reilly gets the table, Ryan is just going to, or Ryan, uh, Adam is just going to say, fine, uh, I'm going to just enjoy me some Chick-fil-A. And he's going to go to Chick-fil-A and he's going to be very happy with what he had to eat. Get a little Sunjoy action. Yep. Absolutely. But I don't know. And part of me thinks Wayno and Yachty are so intertwined that by putting Yachty on the list, I'm also putting Adam Wayne right on the list. They're hermanos. They're brothers. They're battery mates, right? They're together. Here's the thing. And this is in no way saying anything about Ryan O'Reilly. I think Adam Wainwright would give his table to Ryan O'Reilly. He's always at the Blues games. He's always representing. And that's just the type of guy he is. But I bet Ryan O'Reilly would do the same thing for Adam Wainwright. So I don't know. And I'm keeping Arenado off, so I don't have this problem. But this is star power. Yeah. So what do the peeps say? And you're going to put a poll up, right? I'm going to put a poll up. Emily, do we have a poll up yet? Um, I think Michelle's going to put the poll up. Okay, good. We need a poll. Yeah. And real quick, I don't know if this does anything for the argument. Okay. But Nolan Arenado, before the season started, number 11 in jersey sales. Yadier Molina, number 15. So that's an MLB. See, we are... Thank you, Emily. Excellent point by you. We're talking star. This has... This is a guy that has national pull. National pull. Number 11, you said, in jersey sales? Nationally. Right behind Mike Trout. Right behind Trout. Who will not be on the list in L.A., by the way. No, definitely not. Because you're going to have LeBron, you're going to have Betts, you're going to have Kawhi, Paul George, Justin Herbert. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of guys. You think Aaron Donald makes the list before? Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you, you're going to have a lot of people. Trout might wind up number six on that list, seven, eight in L.A. Which is insane. It is. But he, he doesn't want to be a star, though. No. He wants to be a great baseball player. He doesn't care about right. the media attention or the tables. Do you know who Canty put down in New York? I can find out. I'll look it up. I wonder if Francisco Lindor has already made theirs. Nobody I- on the Giants right now, right? Nobody on the Jets right now. I would think Francisco Lindor is getting the table before Daniel Jones. Yeah. Judge, Stanton. Yeah, both of those guys. Anybody on the, well, Harden, KD. Yeah. We got to find, Emily, can you see if you can find that list? Sorry to throw that that out. You guys are taking I don't think anybody on the Knicks, nobody on the Islanders, nobody on the Rangers. I, I can't imagine that Lindor is not on the list. I can't either. And he's the same thing, though, as Nolan Arnato. But here's the thing. You realistically, and obviously you would have an argument, I think Judge has to be on their list, but which Brooklyn net is left off from among KD, Kyrie, and Harden? Kyrie. So are the three in New York KD, Harden, and Judge? I think... KD is a yes. I think Judge is a yes. I I can see them leaving Stanton off the list. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Lindor. Lindor, yeah. 
Lindor, to me, would be ahead of Stanton. See, but this is a great debate. This is why it's a good topic. It is. We need to find out. See, but this is stressing me out because I, I know that inevitably I'm going to go and I'm going to represent St. Louis and I'm going to give the list and there's going to be a huge portion of people that says, how could you leave Nolan Arenado off the list? I think nationally, again, I don't necessarily think that our answers locally would be the same as nationally. No. And I think nationally, people would look at us and think we're crazy for leaving Nolan Arenado off the list of stars in St. Louis. But we, we, we would be crazy for leaving Wainwright off. Adam Wainwright has closed out an NLCS in New York. He struck out Carlos Beltran and obviously closed out a World Series. Yadier Molina has been on the All-Star team a dozen times, mm-hmm. right? Living and Hall of Famer. He is. And Ryan O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player in the Stanley Cup Finals. So how do you leave any of those guys off? I don't think you can. That's why I'm thinking my play might be to say that if you're selecting Yachty, you're also selecting Adam Wainwright. But then they're going to say, you know, you can't have four. No, I'm just going to throw that out there and hope that they let me have it. That's what I'm thinking. But that means that they have to go to every restaurant together. Which I don't know if that's happening. I don't Adam think so Wainwright either. has a lot of kids that he yeah. needs to bring with him. Yachty has a family too. Yeah. Oh, see, do you see? I'm losing sleep over this, Randy. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is stressful. Can I get to some texts? Yes. Okay, from the three one four, it has to be Yachty Arenado R O R. Leaving Wayno off. Leaving Wayno off. Hard to do. Okay, from the 314, taking your approach here. As far as the three stars are concerned, simple solution. Use their STL resume. Arenado not there yet. Soon, but not yet. That's the way I'm thinking. He has a baby named after him. One game. How many World Series rings does he have here? You know what? That's a very good counterpoint. <laughs> that is a very, very good counterpoint. Okay, how about this? Nolan Arnato because he's getting babies named after him. Ryan O'Reilly, because he was the main reason we won the Stanley freaking cup. Never forget that. And Yachty, because he's Yachty. That's from the 314. This is a tremendous debate. You have to start off by saying tomorrow, can I have four? <laughs> yeah, maybe. From the 417, you are crazy. Arenado is the only true national superstar in this city. And I think we look at baseball differently in St. Louis than in other markets. When you talk to those guys tomorrow, they aren't going to know much about Nolan Arenado. Not that they'll know anything about Ryan O'Reilly. I was just going to say, do you think they really know a lot about Adam Wainwright or, or Ryan O'Reilly? And that's... We know that we're not, we're never going to win the national bracket. Yeah. Okay. We're never going to win. But I would like to at least put us in a position to get past the first round. Okay. We can be Illinois and we can get bumped in the, se- in the second round by a city that has bigger star power because of, and I use that in air quotes mm-hmm. because of the NBA and NFL. But so who's our Loyola? You know, it'll probably be somebody like Cleveland oh, because yeah. they have the Brown, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield who's yeah. on all OBJ. the commercials. Yeah, it'll probably be someone like Cleveland. Yeah. I wonder if Odell Beckham Jr. is popular in Cleveland. That's a good question. Unsure. I mean, he's a star. Yes, he is. He is a star, but he hasn't necessarily been a star there. Does he get a table there? That's the question. I'm sure he does. Right. They love the Browns there. This right? is great. Yeah. 630 tomorrow. We'll be tuned in. We're going to put a poll up, though. So once we get that up there, please vote. Help help me out. <laughs> Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno, coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno and Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright, as he is every Wednesday, kind enough to join us. Wayno, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing outstanding. How are you guys doing? Everything's great. Hey, I want to start with this. What, what's it like for you now to take the bus up and see the hotel in Milwaukee, get into the lobby and see your room in Milwaukee after what happened last year? <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking about that when we pulled in the first day. It was uh, it was a takes you back, you know. I mean, I, I know when they saw us, they were probably like, oh, great, here comes those Cardinals. <laughs> They're infected with everything, you know. So, um, But you know what? It could have been a lot worse with this uh, an outstanding hotel, um, uh, comfortable business. There was people who going through hard, way harder times than we were. So uh, we made the most of it, and we came out of it uh, closer as a group and, and played good baseball down the stretch, made the playoffs, played a lot of games in a, only a couple of days. So it was it was a lot going on. But, you know, going back here in, in Milwaukee and actually having normal, somewhat normal situations is uh, always welcome. Hey, Adam, one of the things that we did to consume content during the pandemic was we watched Last Dance. That was kind of the pinnacle of TV while you guys were shut down and all the other sports were shut down. And we watched Michael Jordan and we saw how he was able to put a chip on his shoulder despite his greatness. And it struck me the other day when I was listening to you after the win on Sunday against Colorado. I said, man, there's some some Michael Jordan Last Dance in there from Adam in, in finding a way to put a chip on your shoulder. How long have you, have you done that? And did you watch Last Dance and compare notes as you did well that's the first time i've ever been compared to michael jordan uh <laughs> so i appreciate that i mean we have very similar jumping abilities uh other than that we're pretty pretty different but um yeah i did watch it and i thought it was outstanding uh just being able to get kind of an inside view of that team and what made them go and, and uh what made michael jordan really who he was i mean the guy's probably the all-time greatest competitor in any sport ever, 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 mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess to a, you know, a lesser degree, I, I always, without, I don't intentionally do it, but I will, will, uh, always find a way to kind of motivate myself, uh, whether there's reason to or not. And I've, I've kind of told our reporters over the years, you know, there, there might be times where they write something just doing their job, but I'll, we'll take, Personally, um, because I because it, it drives me, you know, and, and then, you know, on reflection later, I'll come back to him as long as it's fair mm-hmm. and come back to him later and be like, hey, I, you know, that was I didn't realize it at the time, but that was totally motivate me. So I appreciate it. I know you were just doing your job because reporting is a tough job. It, it, it really is. It's, it's a thankless job when you when you do your job and report on players who are playing good or playing bad you know you don't really ever hear thanks for it and then when you're right about them doing bad and the player comes at you you know you not like you can stop doing your job it's a mm-hmm. tough it's a tough business so uh as being an older player i think you can kind of get a, a feel of and a appreciation for that there was a young Angels player, you you know of him, Ty Buttry, who retired a couple of weeks ago. And in the story, he had an Instagram post about retiring. He said, essentially, I made it to the major leagues because a teacher told me I couldn't. What a great motivator, isn't it? That, And I'm sure you're the same way. When somebody says or intimates that you can't do something, you have to prove to them and yourself that you can. Oh, yeah. And I've had, I've had uh, 
quite a few people, you know, they would ask me what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I told them I wanted to be a baseball player and want to be a pitcher or outfielder in the big leagues and, and uh, play for a long time and, you know, be a superhero to kids, basically. And, and uh, lots of people would have told me that, all right, well, that's a great pipe dream. What else do you want to do? What's the real job? heard that i was kind of like my friend's dad saying you know said it to us it was really it's kind of awesome his his honestness but he said uh you know you're just a dime a dozen there's a lot of guys with more talent than you that throw harder than you run faster than you hit the ball farther than you and so uh you're just one of them and you know he's right i mean there's there are a lot of people that throw the ball harder than me and run faster than me and hit the ball farther than me and uh, it's about what you do with your talent and how you use it, uh, not, not what kind of talent you have. Because we've seen all kinds of people who are way talented, more talented than the, all of us who are up here that never made it so, um, or, or didn't last. So it's, it's, uh, he was right in a way. But, it, man, I, I use, to your point, I use all, every single last one of those things as motivation to get me ready. Hey, Adam, I'm glad you brought up velocity because I've been thinking about it a lot, and I asked Mike Schultz about it the other day. One of your mentors, John Smoltz, says, I wish pitchers would become their own pitching coach and dial it back and enhance their command by just rather than going 100 miles an hour, go 95, 96. And I watch you pitch, and I'm thinking, okay, there's guys that are walking a bunch of guys that I believe would have greater command if rather than trying to throw with max effort at 101, would cut it, dial it back to 95. I think Carlos has done a really good job of that. Mike Schilt referenced that the other day. Is that something that you take note of? Is especially with all the max effort guys that we we appear to see in baseball that maybe they could be better pitchers if they didn't throw as hard? Yeah, and I think you know, I think it's going to come back around. Um, there, there's a there's a movement in in the game of baseball right now that's been kind of building for years of, of velocity, 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 spin rate, spin rate, spin rate. You know what is what do the analytics tell you that where do you need to throw this ball to have the most swing and misses? And uh, it's gotten away from pitching for some guys. Some guys will use that and pitch with it, which makes them really great. And some guys will look at that and go, all right, I can just go up there and throw it as hard as I want in this area or around that area, you know, a few times, and then they'll get me out of the game and, you know, I'll just be a reliever. But the problem with that is um, – there's not a whole lot of shelf life in that. And in the process of that, you're not learning how to pitch. And so, unfortunately, a lot of guys who are throwers, they go a couple of years where, you know, that, that spin rate, the high below works. And then if they lose a couple of ticks of miles an hour, they've never literally learned how to pitch in the process. So it really hinders them. Uh, I think Smoltz is exactly right. Um, now, for some guys, some guys need to go out there and just let it, let it rip. Uh, and not think. And for a, a lot of guys, they need to use their minds a lot more and figure out how to get the ball on the ground the fastest and get quick out so they can go deeper into games. Because I, I can tell you, it's getting a swing and miss is great, and they're right that that is the only opportunity to guarantee that that there's not going to be a base hit. But also, you got to get three swing and misses for every one ground ball you get uh, that's an out. So. Uh, and then every now and then you might get two outs with one ground ball, and that's a crazy awesome thing too. And those are okay to get. 
But so every now and then you need the strikeout, but every now and then you need the ground ball too. There's, there's, there just needs to be a, a mix of the two. I, I, I embrace the, the analytics. I embrace the, the scientific uh, methods that are going on to find the best way to get out. But I also embrace the old schoolness of going out and getting quick outs. I think there needs to be a, a, a mix of the two. I go all, go all new school, and you can't go all, new, all old school and bag all the new information that's so great. So this needs to be a mix. And Adam, you were telling me during spring training that, that that sweet spot for you was about 2014, right? When your your mental abilities as a pitcher were really strong, and that was the physical height of your abilities as too. That's a really special time when you reach that sweet spot, isn't it? Yeah, that's when it gets real fun, when you can be about three or four steps ahead of the hitter you're facing. You look at them and you kind of laugh because you already know what they're going to do with what the pitch that you're going to throw because you know that you're going to execute it. That's pitching at its best, and that's you know when changing speeds and uh, and uh, up and down and in and out and slow and fast and, and medium and and sideways and bending the other way and and oh I threw this to you last time. Are you looking for it? Okay, you are looking for it. Does that mean I'm not going to give it to you? And I'm going to go this other place, or I'm going to give it to you because you're looking for it and just make it a little bit lower so that it makes you swing and put it on on the ground earlier. That, those are the things that I really, really love about pitching and, the, and competing in our game of baseball. And you and Yachty are so much on the same page. I thought it was interesting the other day when you were describing the buck, how you were shaking through the signs. How often does Adam Wainwright shake off Yachty or Molina in a game? Say you, you throw 100 pitches. Out of 100 pitches that are called, how many are your call that you shake Yachty off? Uh, that's a good question. Um, probably, and he would tell you more than any other pitcher shaking him off. Um, but you know, I just uh, I learned to call my own game in the minor leagues, and even before that, in in, in high school baseball. Uh, and by doing that, I also learned that you, the best way for me to get an out is to throw everything I have with 100% conviction. And uh, without doing that. Uh, I lose a step and I lose an edge. And so if he puts down a pitch that's not going to give me 100% conviction, I'm not going to throw it unless he's got great reason to. And then I need to hear that reason. And then I'll, and then I'll really buy into it. Now there are times where I look at him and I go, you know, we have kind of a look where I'll give him and, and he knows that I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking between a couple pitches. And so I'm kind of leaning on his, his understanding of the, of the, at that, at that point. And then at that point, then I'll go with Gotti. So, I'd say there's probably 10 or 12 times a game where I'm I'm shaking Yadier uh, into a different into a different area, but I mean you know most catchers I'm I would have shake you know 20 30 at minimum, so <laughs> probably too much. You know I think I'm I think I'm smarter than I am sometimes. Hey, Adam, uh, uh, because we aren't at the ballpark and we don't get an opportunity to see bullpens and things like that. Is this starting rotation, are, are you maintaining the exact same, well, not the exact same, but the same thought process? Do you guys all watch your bullpens together? Yeah, we do. Um, we have a uh, a system where, you know, as long as it's not going to take away from, from, the, uh, from the job that we have at hand. So, like, maybe if we have a big lift that day and it's a day game, um, we might not be able to to get over and, and watch bullpen. But if, if we've got not a whole lot going on and it's a night game, we've already got our work done. We like to go out there and support each other. And, 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 you know, with, with multiple sets of eyes on a guy, you can, you can spot different things. So 
Um, Jack knows my delivery really well now from watching my bullpens over the years and watching me pitching games and stuff. And so the other day I'm pitching against, uh, who was it? Was it two starts ago. Or was it three starts ago? Either way, it doesn't matter who I was pitching. Mid game, you know, he, and he's a young guy and I've been around for a long, long time. So it takes some cojones to walk over to me in the middle of the game and, uh, suggest something, but he knows me really well. We compete really well. And he knows he has, he has uh, 100% permission to come to me anytime if he sees something not exactly right. Well, he saw my delivery, and he goes, hey, your your elbow is a little bit low. You're underneath it. You're pushing it. That's why you're not, a get a, not able to get out, on, out front on top of the ball when you're throwing your sinker. Get that arm back up. Get the hands moving a little earlier like you like to, and we'll see what happens. And I went out and threw two shutout innings after that when I had really struggled the inning before. So, uh, it's a great system we have going, and it's a it's a partnership that everybody wants to help everybody get better. You must have loved that when when he when a young pitcher does that. Uh, I'll bet he, you were getting advice, and you must have loved that he came over and offered it. Yeah, I did. I did appreciate it, and you know, it's like, you know, when you're playing golf and you're playing with somebody who's a really good golfer, and they look at you on the 18th hole and they say, you know, all day you've been coming over the top of the ball. So why don't you just try keeping your elbow in a little bit tighter here, and then you hit a drive right down the middle, and you look at him and go, well, what in the world did you not tell me that 17 holes ago for? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I feel about pitching, too. If you see something mid-game, let me know ahead of time so that I can, so that, or as fast as possible, so that I can go out there and make the adjustment and not, not have to struggle through innings. When you see something, usually I feel things like that, but if I'm not feeling it and you see it, let me know. You know, and Jack does a great job of that. That's cool. Because he pays attention. That's that's the that's the lesson to the young guys. If anybody's listening, you got to pay attention. There's a lot of things you can learn by just paying attention and watching the game, watching close. And uh, Jack always watches close. And, and when you're watching, you learn it. And when you're not watching, you're not paying attention. You're not learning. He does a great job of that. Hey Adam, before we get to big league impact, we would be remiss if we didn't ask how your bride Jenny is doing. You mentioned her in your post game on Sunday, and uh, we're just concerned, and we want to know how she's doing. She's doing better. I appreciate you asking. She's uh, she's home now. We had her. We had to take her in for a few days um, to get on the right track, and you know we got her hydration under under control we think now we, every time we think we got it licked though it comes back around so we're not getting cocky this time uh but you know it's been hard on her but she's she's rebounded well she's an amazing person and she's a strong 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 person strong spirit she's she's got a lot of a will and drive and she's she's competing against this thing so she's uh, she's doing well i'm proud of her she's still being a great mom and wife throughout so uh, she's doing great. Thanks for asking. You have a great team and a great group of players that have joined you with Big League Impact, including your current second baseman, Tommy Edmond, who has some great things happening with his efforts with Big League Impact with the St. Louis Public Schools. Yeah, he has. And, and uh, Tommy's joined in. Tommy, how fun is Tommy to watch, by the way? What a, what a blast having him at the top of the lineup, getting on base, stealing bags, hitting triples hitting home runs, playing amazing defense. I mean, I, didn't, I don't think anybody knew how great a defender he was going into it. Um, you know, we lost one of the best second basemen in all the games, but we were placing him with, I think, in my opinion, one of the other great second basemen in all the games. So, uh, and, and actually, you know, when we put him in the outfield, that that guy was my, maybe our best outfielder also. I mean, just an incredible talent. But he's also incredibly uh, giving, and he has a huge heart, and he's got, he's got uh, with the St. Louis – uh, public school system. He's doing some great things. You can go onto our website and check out what he's doing through Big League Impact. For every time we win a baseball game, 
you can contribute. You can help Tommy go out there. They they have done amazing things. Uh, the money that we raised last year with Tommy went to helping uh, have full-time staff for people who were remote learning, who were dealing with mental health problems, which, gosh, I mean, in this world, throughout these these uh, these this pandemic times, I think kids have really felt not being able to go to school all the time. They've really, it's really hit them hard. There's lots of the suicide rate among kids across the country is sky high right now. And so there's a lot of mental health stuff going on. And, and Tommy's great work last year helped a lot of kids in St. Louis deal with that. So uh, if you want to help out with Tommy and Big League Impact, you can go to bigleagueimpact.org and check out what we're doing there at Big League Impact. He's doing some great things. And you and the entire organization are doing great things. Adam, we appreciate your time so much. Thanks so much. Have a great trip to Milwaukee and San Diego, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. And Chick-fil-A is the proud sponsor of Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. Don't forget that on Wednesdays today, you should stop by your local Chick-fil-A and enjoy an ice-cold Sunjoy. Chick-fil-A is donating a portion of the proceeds of Sunjoy Wednesdays to support big league impact through the baseball regular season. Sunjoy is Chick-fil-A's new name for their Arnold Palmer drink, half lemonade and half iced tea. Enjoy it at Chick-fil-A. And, by the way, this note that you need to have knowledge of, Dunk would have been 40 this month, and now through May 21st, you can order your limited edition Dunctionary T-shirt. Proceeds from all sales go to support the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Thanks to Carstar, your auto body repair experts, for supporting this year's Dunctionary T-shirt campaign. Order your very own Dunctionary T-shirt now at 101ESPN.com. And we head into the crossover. Danny Mack getting ready for another Cardinal tilt against the Brewers tonight. Let's go Cards. Yeah, how about that game last night? That was a fun game. It was awesome. It was an intense game, fun game. Cardinals did a lot of little things that added up to a win and then exploded with the offense at the end. But um, I thought on both sides, it was just a great game. Cardinals came out on top, and they're facing great pitching. So they got Woodruff tonight. It, it sounds like they're going to get Corbin Burns off the DL or IL, I should say, tomorrow. And so uh, you're going to face really good pitching. And I guess this weekend I was texting with a friend of mine this morning out in uh, – San Diego, still no word as to whether or not they would cancel that series, but guys are getting hit with COVID, so you don't know if that would maybe uh, postpone those games. I, I haven't heard that officially. I don't know if that's what would happen. I know there's some rumors about that. Hope that doesn't happen, but uh, we'll see if we get baseball this weekend. Based on what we know here in St. Louis, usually if you get one positive test, yeah. those things tend to multiply. Let's hope not, but I would certainly be keeping an eye on that. Series. Yeah. Jace Tingler last night, he knew before the game that Tatis was out. He had to take Myers out in the middle of the game. And then there were two other guys that were bench players that were contact racing, had to remove them from the situation. They thought they were maybe going to have some positives this morning. That's what I heard. Again, I don't know for fact. So we'll find out uh, probably more later today and tomorrow. Danny, the most popular restaurant in St. Louis. Let's just say it's Palmano's. And they love Palmano's. I do too. Right up the street. They have three tables. A very crowded night. And they mm. have three tables that's always in the restaurant. There, Paul, it's always going to be crowded at Palmano's. It, it always is. Make sure You're you right. get your reservation early. So the three athletes, there are four athletes at the door. The three athletes that get the last three tables when they go on that particular night. And from St. Louis. Yeah, and who's left out? Currently playing. Currently playing. Uh, I, I'd probably, are we talking on a national or local level, like of the importance of what they mean to the town? Star power. Na- star, national star and, power. Nationally and locally. Okay, we'll change my answer. Nationally so, and locally, yes. change your answer? I got a long-winded answer, but I guess we don't have enough time. But I would say Molina, Wayno, Arenado on a national level. On a local level, I would go 
Yachty, uh, Wayno, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I just don't know that the presence of hockey nationally is there that it is here in St. Louis. Certainly not with the morning show on ESPN Radio. I, I wouldn't think so. And so I would probably go with three baseball guys if I was going to be asked to be on a national radio show. Which Michelle has been asked to be tomorrow morning. Oh, is that right? That's right, Dan. Okay, yes, that's so why you're asking me. Tune in to 6.30 a.m. I know you're up. I know you're active, so be listening. Actually, I am. Yeah. So I'll be listening. 6.30? 6.30 tomorrow. All right. Nolan Arnato, um, Wayno Yachty. I would say those would be the three. I, I just, they, they seem to have more national presence yeah. than I think a, a hockey player would. But uh, but if you were asking me to go in Canada, I might go hey. David Perron, uh, Chief and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. If I was in Canada, it would change my thought process. You know what the reality is? If those four guys showed up and there was only three tables, somebody would get up and yeah. make sure that the fourth Probably guy right. got their table. Probably right. <laughs> think about this, guys. 21 years ago, Y2K, 2000, the Blues have Hall of Famers Pronger and McInnes. The Rams have Warner, Falk, Isaac, Torrey, and Orlando. Plus, by the way, London Fletcher was on that team, too. And the Cardinals had McGuire and Edmonds. Mm. So it would have been very difficult to pick three from among that group. Let's see. Warner, Falk, McGuire? I think that's the three I would go with. Yeah. 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 It's unbelievable. The six six Chris Pronger shows up at the restaurant, and you say, "Sorry, sir." Well, good luck telling him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not telling him. Who do we got coming up with your show with BK? Well, we had a cancellation. Oh, so oh. we're not sure yet. We we are efforting. Who canceled many, on you? I can't say. But uh, initials? Well, I don't remember. I just know there's a cancellation, okay. and um, so we're going to talk baseball though. You know that's going to come. Yeah. So we'll break down the game last night, look ahead to tonight, and some of the uh, – one of the segments I like to do is uh, some of the things that are happening across Major League Baseball, not just with the Cardinals. So we'll get into that too. I would have made you excited last night because I did call the Goldie home run. Is that right? When Boxberger was thrown to Carlson, I said, Goldie's going to hit a home run off of this guy. He's going to get some launch angle going. And Patrick was sitting there, boom. First He's got the pitch. highest OPS, I think, in the history of that – or slugging one of the two, or maybe both, in the of a visiting player at that ballpark. He's great. Just a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be tuned in. Okay. Thanks, guys. Great job by our producer engineer, Emily Butcher. Thank you. Thank you. And Michelle, we'll see you in the morning. Thanks. See you guys tomorrow. And we'll hear you at 630. Good luck. Yes. Thank you. I'm nervous, yeah. but for all Don't of us, be nervous. we'll get it done. Yeah. I just want to represent St. Louis correctly. That's all. You will. You will. You'll do fine. Thanks. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast powered by I Promise.